All right, y'all. It's Monday, the uh, 10th of April. We're getting ready to crank it up. Another broadcast healing edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Back from uh, the Easter weekend uh, in Denver, my wife and I had a great time. I've got some stories to tell you, and that's coming up. Uh, we have Dr. Peter Glidden, our buddy, is back on the show, cranking it up. He knows as far back as it goes, you know, the medical monopoly. So we'll tackle that, see where we are today, where do we go from here. Also, the warrior mom, Tracy Slepsevic, is back on the Robert Scabell Show in hour two. And as I mentioned, uh, one of the stories goes back to my stories about being in West Africa, Nigeria, and Ghana. And wow, what a full circle scenario that happened this weekend and meeting somebody that was with me there from originally Nigeria and Ghana and uh, what he told me and what I interviewed him for seven minutes while we were there. We're going to play that later in the show. Stick around for that and a whole lot more on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. See you in the chat room. Share it with your friends. This is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. Let's get it. Let's get it going now. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, it's taken a while, but uh, spring fever is here, and the Robert Scott Bell Show is back. I just had a, a wonderful weekend in Denver with my wife, and we had a very spiritually uplifting charge weekend. It was great, and then I was in, you know, like almost 70-degree weather and sunshine. I'm like, dude, it better be that when I get back. Turns out it is, and stuff's growing. Stuff's greening, and the greenhouses are growing like crazy. I got to keep up with it. I got loads of strawberry flowers right now, too, and just I was just in there just, just before we started the show today, Super. And just like that, Robert Scott Bell has been knocked off the air by Anthony Fauci, who's probably cut the cable in the backyard. <laughs> well, Robert was going to give us a, a report on how great the... Uh, uh, just cranking there, it oh, up on the... Uh, this time was a jump rope. Hold on. Time out. What time happened? Out. What happened? You blipped and you were gone and then you came back. Oh, I see that. It went red for no Your reason. internet glitched. Weird. So everybody lost... Uh, we, we lost what you said from... Uh, everything was greening and growing until now. Oh, well, I, I feel uh, much better now. I don't know what happened if I uh, fell into the dirt and that happened, but uh, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm rocking it. And as I mentioned, while I was glitching, I won the challenge of the week at the gym last week in the midst of the trips and everything. So uh, feeling pumped up. <laughs> Thanks to Cardio Miracle. And it, it was, uh, for me, it was, uh, it, it's almost, unfair because when it comes to jump roping i can jump rope dude i can hit it fast you know <laughs> da, 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 yeah i'm not da, da, like da, da. A, a, like a fancy trickster when it comes to that but the basics you know i can do no problem so challenge of the week was mine although uh shout out to amanda who won it previous week who slayed me on it at it was like a brutal one and she won i'm like that's all right you can have it but anyway i'm feeling good as I said, uh, the years that I wasn't feeling good, the 24 years of my fr the first 24 years on planet Earth in this body, uh, to do the things that I can do in my mid 50s, I'm just thrilled and grateful every day. And I share not to brag, I share to say, hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. It is possible. Now it takes discipline, it takes getting out and doing it, and probably a little bit of cardio miracle and sovereign copper and you know clean organic living and food that all helps. But you can regenerate a healthy new body despite all of the ailments and illnesses and assaults you've been uh, 
withstanding your entire life here to this point. And that's a big part of this journey for me, Super D, as I, uh, well, sometime in the show today, and whether it, we get to it in the, in the regular hours or the bonus round, how many times have I told the story about going to Africa and sharing with the doctors there, both in Nigeria and Ghana? This is back in the 90s. You guys don't look to us for answers. We have poisoned the waterhole, throw out the white man's drugs. And, I, you know, for me, it was tongue in cheek because I didn't care whether it was white, black, red or yellow. But, I mean, it's for the purpose of the fun of interacting with people and shocking them a little bit. Throw out the white man's drugs and go back into the bush and save the medicine of your ancestors. Yeah, yeah you've told this, this story more times than I can, I can count. Yeah, and so what an unusual thing that happened to me this past weekend is that one of those men, much younger than as I was, came up to me at this event and said, Bourgeois Beach, Ghana, do you remember? We stayed up late. I kept peppering you with questions and you were talking to, you know, the doctors and, 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 and you said this and I did it. And it was like, oh my gosh, it really happened. I wasn't making it up super D. <laughs> and so I sent Very you, exciting. we're going to play that uh, later today sometime. And I, I think you'll, it's illustrative, if you will, of, well, one that my memory is not that faulty. I did remember, although there were you weren't making it up. Yeah, I wasn't making it up. All those things. I mean, these things, why do I repeat certain stories? Cause they have some, such an impact on me. Uh, you know, the fact that I eat the way I eat because I was suffering. I mean, these are, this is my journey. This is my story. And I, my prayer is that it helps you, helps you to do the same or better. And so some of these stories are fascinating in that you never know when you say something to someone and it actually has a lasting impact. And, you know, that's one of the most wonderful surprises we're going to get today uh, watching that video a little bit later. Cool. So um, over the th last Thursday show, you were – disappointed because you thought neil degrasse tyson didn't show up for the high wire well, I, it was later so you know dell has his show on thursday and he steals mm -hmm. half our listeners mm -hmm. for a little while anyway mm -hmm. and then um yeah so i went back to look at it on friday <clears throat> and the the episode and yeah. i saw dell reacting to clips of neil degrasse tyson being interviewed on a different interview and i'm like oh man bait and switch here we go he, he wasn't really on the show. Well, it turns out that Dell waited until the very end of the show. It was like the last part of the show, I guess, mm -hmm. to have him on. So I didn't see that part. So turns out over the weekend, you sent me a, uh, a couple of tweets, yeah, uh, with some some video clips in there, and I was just like, "Whoa, okay." It happened. It was early on. on, yeah, yeah. So I, I was watching it, and I was like yelling at the screen, "Dell, say this." Say, uh, well, you know, it's funny right. because there were other people. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of the debate here that were probably yeah. yelling the same thing at Neil deGrasse Tyson too. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause I read an article. I knew, I knew, mm -hmm. I knew Gorski would had to have written about this and he did of course. Yeah. And so I read that this morning. So, well, you can chime in on anything that you read from the skeptics uh, point of view. I do want to play the clip if you don't mind, and then we can sure. comment on it. And it, it really confirms uh, what I've said about these so-called scientists and their, uh, uh, you know, religious-like belief in what's called consensus science. Mm -hmm. And what that is, I'll describe what it is if you don't already know. But go ahead and play that clip. We had a medical consensus around a product that we knew nothing about. And a medical consensus around a virus nothing. that told us that exactly they knew nothing about. That, that they kept something. telling us we know very little about it. Mm -hmm. So why was there a medical consensus that was keeping out 
renowned scientists from the conversation, when they were telling us on television, we don't know a lot about this virus, we're trying to figure it out, scientists that were on the ground, that were dealing with patients, were being censored, were being shut down, their YouTube channels were being shut down, their LinkedIn's were being shut because down. Because the individual scientist does not matter. We started this conversation on that very but fact. But the scientific the individual method scientist, does. Yes, of course it does, and the scientific method producing a consensus and whatever is that consensus all right then i'll tell you this kind of the best you when have i can time. look so uh did you see he was looking up when he i noticed this uh, yeah you notice there was a lack of 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 eye to eye contact there yeah. through most of that he was kind of looking at the it's staff right. over here and staring right. at the like, you know, window or whatever right i mean it was really an uncomfortable place for neil degrasse tyson i believe uh he's uh, kudos to him for showing up to be on Dell's show. I, I mean, I thought that's the story the right there is that he actually it showed up. Very yeah. rarely happens, but he might've been so full of himself. He thought he could do better, but it, it you know, when he says the individual scientist doesn't matter, that mm -hmm. to me is one of those money shots that explains the philosophy of people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, whether a scientist or claim proclaimed scientist or not. And that is they are collectivists and consensus is a collectivist belief. Now, I'm not saying that every consensus could be is all wrong, always wrong, but plenty of times it is. Consensus is what it is until it changes. Or, Nine out of ten doctors recommend camel cigarettes. Yeah, right? and that was consensus. And they're like, well, it's, it's what we knew at the time. <laughs> really, was it what you knew at the time, Neil deGrasse Tyson, or was it what industry wanted you to believe? Was it what government, media, all colluding to promote an agenda? Was it that that you were defending? To say that the individual scientist doesn't exist. This is what I wanted Dell to say at the moment. Again, it's all armchair. Well, and, and keep in mind, you know, we're not talking about an individual scientist yeah. that was saying things about COVID and lockdowns and stuff like that when all this crap was happening over the last three years. You had a consensus of scientists and doctors that were all saying the same thing, but that was the wrong consensus. Robert just froze up again. But in any case, I'll continue. It wasn't just one individual scientist. You know, in fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring in Dr. Peter Glidden. Dr. Glidden, you, Hello, heard what, you, you heard what Neil deGrasse Tyson had to say there. Yeah, it's a consensus of one side of the coin. There's no consensus at all. So, the, you know, why weren't the naturopathic doctors invited to the COVID roundtable? Why weren't the Ayurvedic doctors? Why weren't the botanical medicine experts? Why weren't the homeopaths invited to the table? No. This is the biggest problem that we have in the scientific community is that w over the last 112 years, we have mm -hmm. grown up inside of a medical monopoly. And it is a monopoly that is so vast and so overarching and so complete that people don't even know that it's a monopoly. Dr. Peter so, Glidden, welcome back to the show, by the way. <laughs> you, my brother. Hey, Robert. It's, uh, it's such a pleasure to be here with you, man. When I grow up, I want to be just like you man Dude, no, listen, i'm listening to you and we're saying again the same thing we don't operate on a script this is something we've read we've studied we know so well you know so well and i've said it we were never invited to the table and it isn't about me or you particularly when we talk about individual people although it could be but it's more or less the entirety of a profession dismissed based on what collectivist consensus who owns or controls the narrative and you know just as a quick follow-up and, and we can converse about this uh you know as i was saying uh about Dell, you know, I wanted to say if, if, if the individual scientist doesn't matter, Neil deGrasse Tyson, what about Galileo? What about Copernicus? What about Ignace Semmelweis? 
What about Peter Duesberg? What about uh, Andy Wakefield? Any number of these folks that stood against consensus said, I'm pointing out something that doesn't fit your consensus. Explain that. And they go, you're a heretic. We will burn you at the stake for even bringing it up. And so that exists very much in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, in terms of the control of the narrative, like the old Orthodox church that would burn you at the stake or other religions that would say we're going to convert or die scenario. We're dealing with the same level of cult-like devotion to this, as Neil deGrasse Tyson calls it, consensus. Well, history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes, right? Mm -hmm. And this is all driven by cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias, which is baked into the cake of anybody that makes it through a doctoral degree, whether it's an MD or a PhD. You go through that meat grinder of an education, you are going to come out the other side thinking, if I wasn't taught it in medical school, it's simply not valid. If I wasn't taught it in medical school, it's simply not valid. And the irony here is that, I mean, love the science, trust the science, but question the scientist. And it is the rare scientist that is actually objective that actually looks at both sides of the coin, that actually is able to cut through the cognitive dissonance and whatever the societal stress of the moment is. It's, mm -hmm. it's the rare individual that yeah. can do that, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is simply not one of them. Now, Super Don, I, you disappeared. I want you back into this conversation. I'm back. Because, you you know, there's a lot of logical fallacies that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson utilized, and, and our buddy Jack, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, referenced in his a substack on this very issue. And you, of course, are well-versed in the thinking of the so-called skeptics. You'd said Gorski even did a, you know, kind of an article. I knew he would. He couldn't resist. Is yeah. there anything of consequence or it's the same old trope and tripe? It's the same, same old thing. You know, his, his fallback position is that the, the biggest mistake that Neil deGrasse Tyson made mm -hmm. was agreeing to debate with Del Bigtree. Because right. <laughs> we, right. You know, let me put on my, my skeptic hat. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't debate cranks. We mm -hmm. just don't, we don't give them the, the time of day. We don't, we don't give them the platform because there's no point in doing it because if you debate with them, they're going to think that they won and then they're going to use that debate as propaganda to support their position. And so they, that's, this is what they say. And so they just go, well, we just don't debate with them because you know, we're right. They're wrong. Okay. We're not going to even acknowledge the fact that they exist because then you're giving them some sort of credibility. Well, that begs the question is like, well, if they're right and we're wrong or Dell's, it would have been an easy thing to wipe the floor with Dell big tree. But what is it about Neil deGrasse Tyson? Is he just incompetent in debating? They showed up. Obviously they didn't, he didn't want him to show up, but he did. And he didn't win any points for his side. I don't see. Well, number well, one, yeah. Tyson's not a doctor, right? He's an astrophysicist. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any clinical yeah. experience. I mean, yeah. he, you know, and, and by the but way, someone, someone could also say Del Bigtree would fall into the same category, though. Mm -hmm. Well, but nonetheless, right. in the scientific community, let's I mean, let's talk about this. Nobody talks about this. But in the scientific community, there is great debate over simple things like, is the speed of light actually a constant or is the speed of light actually variable? Mm. And oh, by the way, has anybody ever categorically seen a black hole there's a lot of debate about these simple things and scientists have no idea really how electricity propagates 
How, how does that work? No idea. What's What about gravity? Let's talk about that. So inside of the scientific community, and think about it, over the last 200 years, or, or even shorter, since the advent of the internal combustion engine, what advances have we made scientifically? Haven't made any. Yeah. We're still using the internal combustion engine. The only advances that we've made have been in with computers and, and writing code and that. There haven't been any energy advances. There haven't been any gravity advances. There haven't been, it's all just you know a little bit more efficient internal combustion engine. Oh, a little bit more efficient nuclear reactor. There haven't been any advances. Why haven't there been any advances? Because the scientific community suffers from the same thing that the medical community suffers from, and that is unbelievable cowardice um, driven by cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias. Well, consensus inside the box thinking or inside the box consensus. Oh, and not to mention money. Yeah. They're corrupt. Well, not to mention right? money. I mean, right? I mean, think about it. You know, why have there been no advances in energy? Right. Well, think about it. You know, who do you, who do you think would uh, be hurt the most by those advances in energy? Right. right? Who's going to lose money? If they somehow come up with 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 free energy, right, which is something that's been talked about for a long time. Sure, but we we would also see historically evidence of of theoretical at least breakthroughs in, in energy technology that were shelved because it would upset, you know, as you said, Super Don, the you know the economic apple cart as it is, the control of of human humanity, if you will. Now, I I, I question from a consciousness perspective if we were ready for what is called free energy, would we be responsible or would we really destroy ourselves with it? I mean, we're right on the brink of the idiocy and lunacy of whoever controls the Biden administration to set for you know war in, in China over Taiwan. I, I mean, what kind of idiot lunatics do we have run in this country? Much less the stupid policies that have led to you know what we're witnessing in Ukraine and Russia. So how would we handle free energy? I, I, I mean, it's just a question. It's like, how can we weaponize this? We can weaponize this somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people would think like that, you know, but I think there's a majority of people who would think contrary to that, but they just don't have a voice. Yeah. And the political machine certainly is not going to allow anybody with an alternative voice like that into the table. I mean, for goodness sakes, let's talk about COVID. I have a colleague who used to work in Hawaii. She had to move. She left. She lived in Hawaii for like 20 years practiced naturopathic medicine, licensed and regulated primary care, naturopathic medicine for 20 years. And she left because she couldn't handle the politics anymore like six months ago. But during COVID, she had a 100% success rate, 100% success rate with her patients. None of them died. None of them needed to be hospitalized. Was she doing ivermectin? No. Was she doing magic? No. She was doing standard naturopathic, science-based, clinically verified naturopathic treatment strategies for viral illnesses and was unbelievably successful. And I've had many other colleagues with over 95% success rate treating COVID. And this begs the question, well, why weren't we invited to the table? Mm -hmm. Why That's, weren't the homeopathic exactly. doctors invited to the table? Why weren't the Ayurvedic doctors invited to the table? DeGrasse Tyson's talking about consensus. It was a consensus of one side of the coin. And this is the biggest problem that we have in this country. It's a lack of a free medical market. It's killing us slowly. Yeah. Well, the, it's a freedom deficiency disease if there ever was one. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I, I got to use that one. In, in, That's 100% correct. Yeah. In, in uh, the documentary film we worked on, Utah Safe and Effective, question mark, uh, we talk about the many conflicts of interest between medicine and state, medicine and media, medicine and church, even religion. 
And yet it is an intriguing consideration to discuss, Peter, about the profit motive, you know, in freedom, of course, in a free market and a capitalist system, obviously you want to profit, you want to earn something, you want to benefit from your efforts. And I am not opposed to that at all. Now, the question becomes, if we're honest about it, it's like, well, if we're in a medical system, let's find out when are you profitable? When the customer or client or patient is sick. So there's an there's a conflict, if you will, of the profit you're making is through managing or even creating and managing disease. So what system would work better? I mean, you know, as a homeopath or as a naturopath, most people would maybe come to us. Oftentimes they come to us well after they've been through medicine and, and chewed up and spit out and it didn't work. It made them worse. And so we are inclined to help them to get well. Now, of course, if it's in a official capacity, they may compensate us for the help. And so we are being compensated while we are helping them to get well. But the theory would be then, well, if we get them well, they're not going to come back and we're not going to make money off of them anymore. So how, how do we philosophically address the, the inherent conflict of profiting from disease management, even as homeopaths and naturopaths? I'm just asking it in a, in a broad sense because it's not something talked about. Well, okay, okay. So I think in order to answer that question, we have to take a step back and break it down from a sociological perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. So, number one, in 1912, Congress granted the American Medical Association exclusive control over who could and who couldn't practice medicine, leading to the ascendancy of the MDs in the pharmaceutical industry. The licensed state in every state and the boards and all of that, yeah. And the problem with that is that the medical doctors, you're, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are medical doctors. But your medical doctor may be the nicest person that God ever created. But your medical doctor doesn't practice medicine. Nobody practices medicine. Medicine is a big umbrella under which many different disciplines hang. MDs are trained in allopathic medicine, which is reductionistic in its philosophy. It is best suited for trauma care, surgery when it's necessary, military field medicine, the complications of childbirth and pregnancy. That is the wheelhouse of MD-directed allopathic reductionistic medicine. However, for everything else, for everything that most people go to the doctor for most of the time, allopathic medicine doesn't practice, allopathic medical doctors do not practice healthcare. They practice disease management, mm-hmm. right? So the blood pressure is never cured. It's managed. The eczema never cured. It's managed. The asthma is never cured. It's managed. The insomnia, the depression, you name it, it's never cured. It's managed. And as people go downstream in that medical model, it's really expensive because the drugs make people weaker and more dependent on the drugs over time. And then the last 10 years of their life, it's a revolving door to the emergency room, which generates massive profits for this industry. Now, every other system of medicine in the world practices holistic medicine and holistic medical doctors are trained to actually practice healthcare mm-hmm. because we attempt to bring people into a state of health. Yeah, well, if and, we you know, think- if we need a free medical market, we just mm-hmm. don't have one and there's no problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 naturopathic medicine was primary care, it, it, licensed and regulated in all 50 states and all, all insurance paid for and we had access to all of the hospitals in the United States, I would be 10 times as busy as I am now. Yeah, I still there, think it wouldn't be a problem with making money practicing naturopathic. No, I I agree with that your ability to profit off of it, but um, that wouldn't be a freedom system either. You know, when we get into licensure, we get into control. 
We get into bureaucratic controls and also economic controls that are placed on now a naturopathic system, as we've seen with the yep. licensing of naturopaths out of uh, Bastyr and National College and things like 100% that. 100% correct. Yeah. You are 100% correct. So, so we need a free medical market. People need to go to be able to see whatever practitioner they want to see. And either we get rid of medical insurance completely and then, you know, the system levels itself out because people aren't going to pay ridiculous amounts of money for the same service mm -hmm. or we mandate that insurance pays for everything equally. Yeah. And of I course, would, I'd yeah. be perfectly fine with that, but we need a free market and we don't yeah. have one. No, and I don't want third-party interveners at all, other than uh, catastrophic insurance, which is a, a legitimate, let's say, pooling of resources as opposed to pay for every little thing along the way. Now, I, I brought up this issue of conflict of interest in terms of, of, of payment or profitability of any even natural service. Now, I'm inclined, again, I can only speak from my experience in helping people to get well over many years, almost 30 years now. I am invested in helping people to do the things that they need to do to get well, then they don't need me. And I'm in, all in on that. I don't need people to need me. Uh, right. uh, now, that is a different, it's more of an abundant consciousness than a poverty consciousness of, my gosh, if I get this person well, I'll never have anybody, they'll never come back and I won't make the money, I'll starve to death, I'll lose my home. But I also believe in freedom enough to say, that person that was helped will talk to who knows how many people about Hey, did you know that RSB guy? I went to every doctor. No one helped me. He helped me and he did it for a fraction of the cost. And I actually got well. Now I'm well. I don't need him. I'm like, really? Who's that guy? And, and I'm thinking they would beat down the doors to see me or someone like you that's actually getting results. Now, maybe I am too, uh, let's say, I, maybe the term is unrealistic, but this, this idea when we say, oh, that's just crazy talk. But here we are living in a crazy talk town and world where we've already invested so much in a monopoly that anybody trying to posit another solution, another option, another path is called crazy. Not the You're 100% right. And, you know, years ago, there was a naturopathic doctor named O.G. Carroll, and he had a sanitarium in Spokane, Washington. And it was like an, an, an in-house treatment center. I don't, I don't think people could spend the night there, but, but it was like a, a day hospital where people would go. And it was the busiest medical clinic west of the Mississippi. Why was it the busiest medical clinic west of the Mississippi? Because he got results. And when you get healing results, when you actually bring people into a state of health, word spreads like wildfire, mm -hmm. especially in this climate, because again, and this from the Department of Redundancy Department, your medical doctor may be the nicest person that God ever created, but your medical doctor does not practice health care. They practice disease management. And when you finally are done with that method and you spend time with a doctor who practices health care, it's like, oh, my God, where the hell have you been all my life? Yeah. And that word's going to spread like wildfire. And that, by the way, Robert, that's the only reason that my profession still exists. Yeah. It's because true. we get results. Yeah. Or, yeah. And the same thing about homeopathy, if you think about it. 100%. How is it in existence when the, the predominant efforts, yeah. the powers of governments that have been acquired by the pharmaceutical industry that looks at homeopathy and naturopathy as competition? Unless it can engulf and devour it. Like I said, that's Flexner Report schooling that, you know, enveloped certain naturopathic colleges and universities in, in America. But the homeopathic method, which is so radically different than a materialistic reductionist view and response, 
should not exist based on, well, the skeptics view that it can't work for one. <laughs> and then the fact that it is basically it's, it's the flex report and everything that followed. You mentioned the AMA and the granting by Congress of special access to say, these are the legitimate ones. These are not all of the powers of the various bureaucracies of the federal government and many state government agencies have been to wipe out the competition to, to allopathic medicine, homeopathy. And yet it's still here. How is it possible? through all of those obstacles that it still exists today, unless it works. Now, whether, whether Neil deGrasse Tyson believes it or skeptics believe it, yeah. you know, at least I would argue again, the freedom message is, is one that is, is superior, but then they go, oh, yeah, that's all they got is health freedom, the freedom to, to make bad choices. Yes. That's my argument about the freedom to make bad choices by going to a medical doctor. Much well, more and, that's the, and that's the dirty little secret that nobody talks about the leading cause of death in the United States MD-directed medical treatments, the leading cause of bankruptcy, MD-directed medical treatments. And while the medical doctors have been in exclusive control since 1912 in the U.S. over the development and the delivery of medicine, obesity is skyrocketing, Alzheimer's is skyrocketing, autism is skyrocketing, just as many people get heart disease now as they did before the advent of statin drugs and heart surgery. Chronic disease is escalating. Life expectancy is getting shorter. This all brought to you by the conventional medical doctors. And yet the socialization in this country has run so deep mm -hmm. and the propaganda is so vast and so effective that even when these people fail us, even when they kill our relatives, even when they bankrupt us, we genuflect at their altar. We, we organize a 5K run to raise more money for the cancer cure and we give it to the people under whose care and tutelage we got cancer in the first place and then we died from their juvenile treatments. It's crazy. And the only reason that this situation can exist, this rapid race to the bottom is inside of a monopoly. And let's be honest, Robert. I mean, honest mm -hmm. to God, most people don't even know how to pronounce naturopathy. <laughs> let alone know what a naturopathic doctor is or can do. And the same thing with homeopathy. It's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. We're dealing with, uh, again, centuries of indoctrination. Yep. And when we po pose even the possibility of another system, yeah. it, again, dismissed out of hand, it's like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Well, what you're involved in right now, what you're engaged in right now is absolutely suicidal. Talk about crazy. Participating in the third, second, first leading cause of death, as you said, MD-directed treatment. And, you know, it's funny because when you look, this is there are a lot of interesting things to talk about here. Number one, it is frequent that you will see a medical doctor, an MD, who becomes a homeopath. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. one of his colleagues challenged him, to, oh, you know, go get those homeopathic quacks and let's drive them into the ground. And I want you to prove that their medicine is BS. Why don't you do that? And so they go and they investigate homeopathy and then they become a homeopath because yeah. they understand how effective it is. Mm -hmm. Never do you see a homeopath turning around, abandoning homeopathy and becoming an MD. You never see that. Yeah. Much like all the people that got COVID jabs. Uh, and, and have that regret. I've not met one person who didn't get a COVID jab that says, gee, man, I regret not getting it. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And slow learners though. Uh, slow learners, I guess, man, this is the, this is the situation that we're, that we're brought up inside of. And, you know, mm -hmm. the educational system of the United States, I think is a lot to blame here, sure. but really it, it all goes back to the medical monopoly. And before, you know, one last little piece of the irony pie, 
the halls of conventional medicine, MD-directed regular medicine are littered with the discarded remains of theories and treatments which in their day were standard of care. And if you did not practice this way, you were a quack. You know, things like the purging with calomel and mercury and bloodletting, for goodness sakes, and, and the quack medicine of today, chemotherapy. But naturopathic medicine, homeopathic medicine, we never discard anything. We add because we learn new things. Mm -hmm. We learn new therapeutics. We learn new techniques. We learn new things because science progresses, but mm -hmm. we never discard anything. Why don't we discard anything? Because our therapeutics are based upon natural law, hence the term naturopathy. And natural law is immutable. It's inviolate. It exists whether you believe in it or not. In base 10 mathematics, 2 plus 2 is 4 whether you believe in it or not. Gravity exists whether you believe in it or not. Natural law exists whether you believe it or not. And naturopathic doctors and homeopathic doctors especially pay attention to natural law, and that's why we succeed. Honest to God, it's the best-kept secret, the best-kept medical secret in the 21st century. So where do we go and how do we get there? It's clear that we can't keep going down the same road and expecting a different result. We can't keep going to the same well. It's dry and toxic and poisoned and, and all of that and expect that, oh, it'll miraculously change. Or let's say bring, I would say, the doctors that are now holistically inclined or oriented that have woken up in COVID and look to them as the experts. They were the ones getting it wrong for decades before they finally figured it out. While we have been shouting from the rooftops, the same basic principles of health and healing and real prevention and the fact that germs don't cause disease and on and on it goes. And, and yet they're the ones that are still because we're so habitually in a worshipful mode when it comes to the MDTs. And this is not to take anything away from the good docs that have woken up and are doing or trying to do the right thing. It's just a matter. Once again, you go to the people that were wrong about everything. Now they figured some of it out and you ignore the, the tribal knowledge, if you will, of centuries, much less decades of, of uh, naturopathy, homeopathy, and herbal medicine, et cetera, that was succeeding long before the failure of allopathic medicine, particularly when it came to COVID. So there's a rise and a fall, right? Consciousness rises and falls as we go down the eons, and the, the Hindus talk about the yugas, mm -hmm. and that as we're in an ascending arc of the yugas, people who are more enlightened, who are more sophisticated, who have a, a better ontological maturity, incarnate on the planet and are around on the planet well we're not there yet most of the people on this planet right now are troglodytes and the people who are in power are people who do not have the best interests of humanity at heart then they're not they're self-serving money grubbing you know bad yeah. people and look you know i'm i, I i'm a i'm a capitalist i mean i don't have any problem with making money Mm -hmm. that's not the thing. The thing is, how are you going to do it? And are you going, nobody can argue against a free medical, a free market. Who's going to argue against a free market? Nobody's going to argue against a free market. Nobody with the brain on their head. We can have a free market, just not with medicine. Well, and yeah, that's the thing. That's the, the troubling thing that was brought up in the documentary of if you love freedom as I do. And I go, yeah, I, I want a free market for, for healing. I want everybody to have access to the marketplace and people to have access to all the modalities that are out there. 
That's right. But as I posited the question, not that because I have the answer or solution to it, other than I, I will default more to freedom. That's my bias. I admit it. Freedom is my bias. Freedom is my default. <laughs> but the, the profit modem, in a sense, is if you only make money while somebody is sick, it's an interesting or an intriguing product or service to offer as opposed to a you know, product or service in transportation. You get me successfully to A to B, I pay you. You might use it again. You might not need it again. Um, so I'm not abandoning freedom, but again, I, I, I like to have this discussion. How is it managed? As we go back to some ancient modalities, uh, we talk about the traditional Chinese medicine before communism in the villages far flung from technology and modern society. And rumor has it, perhaps it's factual. I believe it is that those healers of the given village were only compensated and paid if everybody in the village was well. The moment someone got sick, it's like, whoa. <laughs> and now your motivation is what? To make sure people are well, because that's when you're compensated. And that's a whole different way of, of looking at healthcare as well. Well, number one, there's entropy exists and there's always going to be people that are sick. I mean, even if we had a perfectly healthy, you know, genetically intact society, people are still going to drop rocks on their foot, break bones, things like that. Right. So there's always going to be room for a, a medical professional. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you a story, Robert, because you and I sometimes I think we're like twin sons of different mothers because years ago. When I graduated naturopathic medical school, I moved back to the East Coast where I'm from. And I had a clinic um, in downtown Hyannis, Massachusetts. Uh, it was a nice little clinic in a little medical center. And I, I think I practiced there for 10 years. And for about six of those 10 years, on the first Friday of every month, I had a free clinic. Because insurance didn't cover naturopathic medicine in Massachusetts in those days. And, you know, not a lot of people had a lot of extra money, out-of-the-pocket money, to pay for any other type of medicine, right? And I realized that, and I'm a socially conscious person, so I had a free, a free clinic, first Friday of every month. <laughs> my, my secretary, a couple of years into this little experiment, my secretary, you know, we had lunch one day, and she said, this just isn't working out, because it wasn't a financial concern at all, but it was the people who didn't pay for it didn't value the service and they were the least compliant and the, the biggest majority of people not to follow mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Well, there you bring up what I call the sacred relationship. When you have a give and a take and a take and a give, there is something that has to be exchanged in that. Right. And I'm not saying there's no room as you point out for charity, but you're right very often. And there may be exceptions to it that somebody actually receives charity and changes and transforms. I know it's happened, but by and large, as a rule, you see more or less the people coming to get a service for free, do, as you point out, don't appreciate it. Yeah, 100%. And, and then the, the, the kicker was the, the reason that I stopped it. This was really kind of like one of those serendipitous moments in time, right, when things come together. Mm -hmm. So there was this one guy who was coming to see me. He was a military veteran. And, you know, I could tell just by the way the guy dressed, he really didn't have a lot of money. And I was happy to help him. And he was relatively compliant with what I told him to do. And we were making progress. Mm -hmm. So he came to see me on the free Friday. And he left the office. And my secretary had to go home early that day. So she left right after he did. Mm -hmm. They ended up at the same gas station to fuel their cars up. She went in to pay. And he was buying $200 worth of lottery tickets, hmm. but he didn't have enough money to pay me. And so that was the final straw for me. 
and you know, I stopped doing the free clinic, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a point that's well taken. It's like, how are we going to set this up so that everybody can afford it and everybody's happy? And, and right now we are so far mm -hmm. from that paradigm. Yeah. I mean, we might as well be talking about living on the moon and lest, lest we not forget mm -hmm. in the great United States of America, the only thing that can legally treat a disease is a drug. FDA approved drug. Right. Uh, if we ask the question as we have kind of pondered it and even answered it to some degree of why does allopathic medicine proliferate? Well, one, it's a monopoly. Okay. We know that. I mean, so we can, we can understand the mechanics of why it does proliferate, but I would also say from a consciousness perspective, because you referred to like our so-called leaders, I, I talked about the consciousness of a rock. It may not even have that, <laughs> but they, the people, if we talk about it in a general kind of a globular sense, it is a response to their unwillingness, inability, or just lack of knowledge. In other words, complete ignorance of the way you stay well, much less get well. In other words, taking responsibility for your body, this body you have been given while you are here. And the desire to not have to do that means that allopathic medicine will be the predominant medicine of a people who are too lazy to engage in what it takes to care for their own health. Does that mean yeah, and cool and nasty or is that accurate? No, that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent accurate, but it also goes to socialization and education because most people don't even know that other alternatives. And I hate that term. Yeah. Right. That's like saying the only real dog is a German shepherd and every other dog is an alternative dog. Right. <laughs> it's nonsense, but that's what we've become socialized to believe. So people don't, are they're not even aware that there exist right now in real time, primary care systems of medicine developed and delivered by licensed and regulated physicians, which produce better results than allopathic method. They exist, but people don't know about it. And people don't know about it because of the suppression brought to the table by the people in charge of the monopoly. Well, yes, to some degree, then ignorance is one of the answers to that. So I, I can't say that everybody's lazy, maybe given the opportunity to realize these are the things they need to do to get well, and it engages what they have to do, not what the doctor necessarily does, other than providing that path. Uh, you know, perhaps there are more people than we know now that are finally sick and tired of being sick and tired, like I was at 24, that I was willing to switch my diet to an all-organic diet. Which Well, I'll tell you another little interesting insight here. Mm -hmm. And I hope I don't rock the boat too much, but that's what we do here for 15 years. I went all around this country lecturing. I lectured about holistic health everywhere all the time. Right. And what I noticed was when I would lecture to an educated liberal community, like, you know, someplace in Berkeley or UC San Diego or, uh, someplace in Massachusetts, the, the response invariably was, well, that's interesting. Let me do my own research. Mm -hmm. When I would lecture to a conservative crowd, even if they were educated, like highly educated, if they were conservative, the response invariably was, well, that's interesting. Sign me up. Mm -hmm. So there's something about the education, the liberal education 
in the United States, especially when it comes to medicine, that makes the educated person wrongly believe in the superiority of conventional medicine. Right. That's like they just can't unthink that thought, and it's a shame. Well, they've replaced whatever the religion was of their youth with <laughs> a, a, a new religion or a cult, the cult of medicine, and the cult of worship of, of education, indoctrination, PhDs, etc., MDTs, on and on it goes. And where is the critical thinking in that? Well, I'll just turn over my critical thinking to a whole glass, class of men who have been trained in a certain way that they just, what, do they assume it or do they just want to believe it? Have they just drunk the Kool-Aid or are they, as I've described them, intellectually and perhaps even spiritually lazy that they would just turn over their bodies to government bureaucrats who are purchased and owned and controlled by for-profit, interestingly enough, pharmaceutical industrial complex uh, manufacturing facilities and sales and, and marketing organizations. What I would like to believe what I would like to believe, and I don't know if this is a correct belief or not, but what I would like to believe is that the main driver of the genuflection at the altar of conventional medicine is simply ignorance. It's ignorance of the alternatives. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's been, it's also been whispered into everybody's ears for the last 110 years. Those guys are quacks. Mm -hmm. They're quacks. They're quacks. Don't trust what they say. They're quacks. Programming is complete, isn't it? The programming is from, complete. From early I think that's on. got a lot to do with it, Robert. Yeah, and they take them on from early ages. Uh, RiseUpIntoHealth.com and the website, Dr. Peter Glibben. Glidden, I'm sorry, RiseUpIntoHealth.com. It's linked up in the show notes if you go to today's notes, the 10th of April, 2023, at RobertChatBell.com. Uh, talking naturopathy, the medical monopoly, natural solutions, all kinds of things. I love always hanging out with Dr. Peter Glidden. I wish you were on the circuit still because I could see at these events. I've got so many coming up, but I know you are so busy. It's hard to find even time to travel at this point. And you've done it for a lot of years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was my, that was my MO. That's all I did was travel and lecture and travel and lecture and travel and lecture. And, and now my, my focus is more on education through internet, right? On my website, I've got tons of information that talks about everything that we've talked about here. I've interviewed colleagues of mine about what they do for different conditions, but just, just to bring the average Joe Schmo from Idaho up to speed with this type of medicine, because nobody knows about it mm -hmm. and everybody needs to know about it. We don't, my profession doesn't have the be all end all cure for all, all everything that people are suffering from, but you, you would believe it. Mm. But most people wouldn't believe the things myself and my colleagues have seen our patients recover from. Most people wouldn't believe it. So yeah. what I'm dedicating the rest of my life to is standing up on the Hill, waving a flag, telling as many people, look, there's promise here. There's hope here. You need to find out about naturopathic medicine. You need to find out about homeopathic medicine. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're frustrated mm -hmm. with the lies and the deceit and the piss poor therapeutics delivered by conventional medical doctors, well, there's another way. There's another way. And, and guess what? It's, it's been developed and delivered by licensed physicians, for goodness sakes. You just don't know anything about it. And 
So that's what I, that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited. Super Don, show the page uh, for Dr. Glidden. So everybody wants to follow up. There you go. What you need, you need to know what Dr. Glidden knows. And we have, <laughs> again, we have it linked up. And, you know, whether you're licensed or not, that isn't uh, obviously the, the the harbinger of whether you're good or not. We know that licensure is a, is a corrupted kind of. Well, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. But I want to say from the standpoint of the track record, the knowledge, all of that. And, you know, you've you've been on the circuit for years. I think you've even spoken at Health Freedom Expos. Uh, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I want to yep. give a shout out to Julie Whitman Klein and the and, and Trinity Natural School of Natural Health because that's like more traditional naturopathy before it yeah. was. Uh, gobbled up by the Flexner report, right? A lot of them, the so-called naturopathic schools became basically allopathic medical schools where naturopaths graduate and they can vaccinate. Like well, That's yeah, a gigantic wow. problem in the naturopathic community. And mm -hmm. I am of the opinion that the people that go to the schools like Trinity mm -hmm. are more naturopathic than Absolutely. the people that graduate from a licensed and regulated naturopathic medical school. It wasn't always like that. It wasn't like that when I was in medical school. Mm -hmm. But that tide really turned right around the right around the turn of the century. And I can tell you why that happened. I, I can line the whole thing up for you because I was there. But it's a point that's well taken. Yeah, that it's it's hard to find a naturopathic doctor now who really practices naturopathic medicine. Well, and I and I've shared this story many times, Peter, perhaps when you were on before, when I lectured at uh, uh, National College on in, at their gastroenterology conference I was the only homeopath invited to speak. And among all of their naturopaths, recent and, and elder graduates. And that throughout that whole day, I sat through all the scientific presentations and, and uh, clinical, you know, observations that were related. I was the only, only healer, let me just say it that way, that didn't resort to using one allopathic drug for the GI recovery uh, protocols. I was like, this is shocking. I'm at a naturopathic school, the one of the oldest, if not the oldest one. Yeah. And every one of their graduates promoted the use of an antibiotic or a steroid in the treatment of gastrointestinal disease. And I was able to succeed without doing that. And I was the only one, I was a homeopath. Like there's something that has gone horribly wrong in naturopathy. That's why, again, I've been an enthusiastic supporter of directing even naturopaths and medical doctors and nurses, as well as Leonis's over to, to places like Trinity that learn the foundations for what we call real naturopathy that doesn't involve in, in using drugs or injecting toxic poisons. It's like, that's well, not too much to ask. This schism in the naturopathic community was one of the remedies for that was a colleague of mine who died a few years ago. Um, he was the, the most naturopathic doctor you're ever going to meet. His name was Jim Sensenig and students started showing up at his clinic in Connecticut and said, Hey, Dr. Sensenig, we just graduated with our naturopathic degree and we have no idea how to treat people nature with naturopathic medicine. So he started something called the Naturopathic Medicine Institute, which is right now a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which exists solely to train recent graduates of the from the naturopathic medical schools how to treat people naturopathically because they weren't taught it in school. Mm. It's Amazing. a giant flipping problem. And, you know, um, again, history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. All right. I want to bring in this story with you. We got a few more minutes left before we have to break for the top of the hour. Uh, Steve Kirsch has his newsletter. We've had Steve Kirsch on a couple of times with a sub stack. He's doing a lot of challenging things, not from a medical perspective, but I'm impressed with what he's calling out the bad guys in medicine for the most part at, through COVID. 
his latest article at his Substack is about a friend of mine, a U.S. attorney in Utah, has given the anti-vax uh, movement in America the greatest gift ever. They charge Kirk Moore with a crime. Dr. Moore has allowed discovery to prove his innocence. This means he gets to access to Medicare, NDI, and all state death and vaccination records. What a jackpot. So Dr. Kirk Moore as a plastic surgeon, decided to help people out that were desperately in need of treatment for COVID that didn't involve remdesivir and, and vents. And there was no prevention at all. And he was doing that and he, at the request, apparently, of many of his patients or clients uh, to get the, the jab but not get the jab. Uh, he apparently or evidently, I don't know, again, I'm not a party to the, all the knowledge there, was giving saline injections and discarding the shots, but not secretly. The patients themselves wanted that. And he recognized the danger of the COVID jabs and he felt his obligation as a physician to do no harm. And so now he's been charged with a crime, you know, defrauding the federal government, disposing of government property improperly, et cetera. And yet now they've gone after him criminally. He's got an opportunity to expose a lot in discovery. Well, God willing, and the creek don't rise, um, he'll be able to carry the day here. Because, you know, in the final analysis, again, you got to trust the science but not the scientist. Mm. And, you know, just to, to, to ring my own bell here, the, that organization that I spoke about, the, the nonprofit naturopathic organization, we were the only pre-existing medical professional organization in the United States that existed before COVID to come out publicly and say, don't get the COVID jab. We were the only ones. And why was that? Because of the science. I mean, it's, it wasn't rocket science. All you had to do is review the science. And like Sherry Tenpenny says, mm -hmm. if most doctors actually read the research concerning vaccines, actually read the whole 25 pages instead of just the monograph at the beginning, the abstract at the beginning, they wouldn't be in favor of vaccines, but nobody does. Yeah, it's, it's astonishing. The lack of critical thinking engaged by people that are in the physician community primarily the allopathic, but as you point out, even the naturopathic that has been gobbled up by the allopathic community. And I appreciate, Peter, as always, your candor, uh, your directness, and your willing willingness to upset people to get your message across. That's okay. <laughs> this is part of the process in telling the truth. It can upset, be upsetting. Uh, but I know your intent isn't to, to you know, denigrate people. Uh, it really is to help up, uplift them. And I know you've dedicated your life to that, and I appreciate you so much for that. You continue to be the man, Robert. Don't ever stop doing what you're doing because, you know, at every, even if it's just one person per day that gets this, what we're saying, that's going to make a change in their life that's going to have ripple effects in their family and in their community. And I think that the people who think that the way that we think, who know the things that we know, who have actually embraced natural law, and understand its magnificence. Mm -hmm. I think we are the silent majority and I think we're growing and I think it's only a matter of time until, well, we're not silent anymore. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think uh, the primary way to keep us uh, down is to keep us living in fear. If we don't uh, operate in that fear, we don't, what do we say? Participate in the madness that fear induces, you know, right. it turns us all in basically stupid. We do things that are homicidal and or suicidal. When we're frightened, we, we're willing to do things we would never be willing to do normally. And so when we've seen this, the, the schism, we use that word, uh, appear in a, in a bigger way than ever during COVID, the people we thought were our friends, the people we thought we, we knew that they knew, and suddenly they didn't, 
It became, as COVID has been described, as something that revealed the hidden right below the surface, not just physiological uh, uh, deficiencies or weaknesses, but mental, psychological, and even spiritual. All of that came to be. And then we saw the canceling of, of, of people, the, dis- the, the, the disintegration of, of relationships over this. And uh, again, I, I'm glad you're leading the way as well in bringing sanity back into the healthcare field as a naturopath. And I hope everybody checks you out. We've got you linked up in the show notes at robertscabbell.com. Thanks, Robert. You're the greatest. Keep it up. Thanks, Dr. Peter Glidden, naturopath extraordinaire on the Robert Scabbell Show. How awesome is that? We got a lot more to do on the Robert Scabbell Show. We're going to be joined momentarily by our friends on brighteon.tv. Here we go. Hey, welcome everybody back to the Robert Scott Bell Show back in studio. Our simulcast with Brighteon.tv begins right about now. Go to robertscottbell.com. You missed first hour. You missed my friend, Dr. Peter Glidden, talking about naturopathy, homeopathy, and a whole lot of health freedom. And there's more of that to come. This hour, we've got Tracy Slepsevic, and she has the book, The Warrior Mom. It's out. It's available. We previewed that with her uh, some weeks, maybe months ago. I don't know. It's been a while, but she's awesome. She's on the circuit, and hopefully she'll be at some of the events that I'll be at, including one coming up in Nashville later this month. I'll also be at the Be Healthy Utah Conference, the 21st and 22nd, and that's in the Salt Lake area. All of those are available at the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for the newsletter by going to robertscottbell.com or texting my initials RSB to the number 22828. That number is 22828. And RSB is what you text and you'll get plugged in to all the health, freedom and healing liberty you can stand, maybe even a little more. We'll be right back. Power to Heal is yours. We mentioned the uh, Trinity School of Natural Health and all the wondrous things you can learn there. Real naturopathy, uh, we call it traditional naturopathy, and many other courseworks, uh, including homeopathy. Uh, Clinical Homeopathy 101 Plus is a lecture on demand that I did a while back, still very valuable. It's the cornerstone, the basis for uh, tapping into homeopathic medicine immediately and uh, seeing extraordinary results and then you know, moving forward if you'd like or even just staying at that basic level. Uh, there's a lot more there. And in fact, speaking of Trinity School, uh, it's like their Founder Days coming up, Super Don. We got special deals from them. Founder Day specials, saving 5, 10, 20%. Eight, that's April 10th uh, through the 14th. That's this week. We are now the 10th for those of you listening and watching live. If you've been thinking of a, getting some stuff from Trinity, now is the time. Great deals to be had. I don't know, Super D, if there's a website that shows specifically all the deals that are available or not, but uh, certainly want people to know about trinityschool.org, trinityschool.org, as well, our annual Health Freedom Expo through Trinity, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. It happens every year in October, the month of October, outside of Chicago. Uh, so that is coming up. Do we have any uh, details on any uh, deals through the Founders Day week besides the discounts, 5 10 and 20%? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, don't be hurrying to find them or anything. I uh, have just a screenshot, but I'm, I'm looking here. That's okay. Uh, also, I want to, sh- while uh, Superdon's going to find that, uh, I, I, at the opening of the show, the first hour, if you've just tuned in, I one of the things I frequently said is, you know, my journeys to West Africa, first to Nigeria in the early 1990s, then to Ghana in 1996. And I met with the health professionals there, among other things I was doing. 
And my message to them was to reject the medicine of the white man. I was just tongue in cheek, but basically Western medicine. I said, you know, we're poisoning the planet. We need, I need you. You need to go back into the bush and save the medicine of your ancestors. That was my message. Your herbal medicine can save us all. Hopefully you'll go back and not lose it like we did. And, you know, I've said it so many times that even I question, is my memory correct about what I thought I said to them? <laughs> and Super Don, you're laughing because it you, is, yeah. it is. Turned so out, hang out, hang, well, yeah. stay tuned. I think we'll probably end up getting to either the end of this hour or in bonus time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm looking at this Founders Day thing and on Facebook, they just go to trinityschool.org. Mm. So if you go to the, the main, you know, website, trinityschool.org. Uh, okay. Um, there's a little thing at the top of the thing and it says Founders Day sale, but there's nothing to click on. So, okay. so we'll have to it's find on CNHP, CHHP, and EP programs. Trinity Live merchandise and lectures on demand is what that sale is on. Oh, yeah. So this is the cool thing. If you've been wanting to get my lecture on Clinical Homeopathy 101, this is the discount deal. So go out and get it uh, this week, uh, the 10th through the 14th of April, 2023. All right. Thanks. We'll, we'll find out more details on that as we go as well. There are a there's number your, of there's your Clinical Homeopathy 101. There. there it is. Yeah. It's usually at the bottom of the show notes each day, just so we want to yep. get to plug into the basis for what got me on my start to health and healing from being sick for the first 24 years of my young life. And now to do things I couldn't do then in my 50s, 57, and uh, won the challenge of the week at my gym. Wow. The 30 you said the number. I did say it. I know. Sometimes that just like, out. yeah, it's weird. You you you, uh, you gained some self-confidence over the holiday weekend there. Well, at a certain point, you're like, okay, I keep beating these uh, 30-somethings <laughs> and 20-somethings at the, the, these challenges. I'm like, I got to own it. You know, There right? you go. And That's considering zero to 24, I was you know, sucking wind. Uh, you know, I did stuff as a young person. I willed myself through things. I did athletic things, but I was chronically ill, digestively challenged as an understatement, infl inflamed with, I mean, I was a medically, a medical mess. And so to do what I'm doing now and not to be racked with cancer as I would have been in my forties, had I not made the change in my twenties, uh, I share that story, not to brag, as I say, but to, to show you that it can be done. If I can do it, you can do it at any age. If you're still breathing, you can transform your life. Uh, some of the things I revealed are in the book that I wrote with Ty Bollinger, uh, Unlock the Power to Heal. That's still available. A very simple guidebook that'll get you there quickly. And so many more things, including upcoming events and lectures. BeHealthyUtah.com, 21st, 22nd of uh, April. And then 28th through 31st of April, or is it 28th through 30th? I think that's 30th, yes. No 31st in April. Uh, the last three days of April, I believe, are going to be the uh, big event in, in Nashville with the, the Warners, Drs. Terry and Sue Warner. Maybe Tracy will be at that one. Let's find out as we'll talk about ADHD with her and a whole lot of things that she might not be comfortable with. I don't know, but she's awesome. Tracy, slap to Vic, the warrior mom, back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. How you doing, Tracy? I'm great. How are you? Oh, it's so good to see your smiling face and love to your whole family. You know, I've met your husband a number of times now at events and even back, got to see at the Christmas party that our friend Dr. Cordy was, was hosting uh, back in December last year too. Um, but, you know, since the time we had you on, I think your book has actually come out in hardback slash paperback so people actually can buy it and have it and have you sign it yep there it is the warrior mom awesome and then we have it linked up of course at robertscatbell.com it'll take you to the uh, uh amazon page if you want or if you have a better place people should get it at, maybe at your website that's fine too well amazon if you go to order it through amazon now it's like you won't get it until the end of may okay uh, we we'll get, get, get it to you within two to three business days. Okay. And, you know, I'm always a fan of, and then locally, 
uh, in various Barnes and Noble stores, you'll find it. So you can go online and you can see if the book is in store when, when you put in your zip code and okay. it'll tell you if it's in store or in stock. But typically within a 10 mile radius, you're going to find, you know, a bookstore that that's going to carry it. So Yeah, unless you live in the middle of the desert with a population of one. Uh, it might be a little further to go, but otherwise warriormom.org is the website. And Tracy, I have a story I wanted to get before I brought you on, but you, you're perfectly qualified, you know, holistically inclined in, in so many ways to talk about this. There's a Fox news story about ADHD numbers climbing dramatically in the United States, especially this is weird among women. Cause you, you know, predominantly is about young boys with these ADHD diagnosis, less so about females, but we've also seen that. Uh, with autism spectrum disorders more heavily diagnosed among boys than girls. Uh, but apparently, um, you know, these these diagnoses are expanding into the female community. We're not afraid of saying what a woman is and what a girl is versus what a boy and a man is here. That's so we're not getting into the controversy doing that. But just the acknowledgement probably is controversial for some people that they're saying, whoa, there's more people with ADHD now that are adult women. Now, I'm thinking that the toxicological burdens, the nutrient deficiencies are just impacting more and more and more of us, male and female included, and we're getting these diagnoses right or wrong. Unfortunately, what it's leading to, if you go to an allopathic doctor, various psychiatric or psychotropic medications. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is ADD and ADHD are on the spectrum. It's just a much higher functioning part of the spectrum. So even, even those diagnosed with autism, there's, you know, various uh, ranges of functionality with kids with autism and not not just the rise in ADHD, but the C, the CDC just released the numbers of the, you know, the increase in the rate of autism, one in 36 now. Now, people need to take into account that the CDC only evaluates eight-year-olds. They do not evaluate you know, kids higher, lower, and they don't take into account those that, you know, aren't formally diagnosed. And typically those people that, those kids that are diagnosed, they're diagnosed through the heart, you know, the regional center or their local state, you know, so if they're, if they're diagnosed by a, a, a private doctor paid for by insurance or whatever, um, then that may not be reported to the state. So we're looking in, we have experts that are saying, you know, by 2030, the rate of autism is going to be one in two. So 50%. And I would say the numbers are much worse. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's much worse across the board, ADD, ADHD. It's all neurologically, it, neurological impairment of some sort. And as you and I know, a lot of it has to do with addressing conditions with the gut. You know, especially when you are on the higher functioning side of the spectrum with ADD or ADHD, if you address gut issues, that gut brain connection that we have for, you know, via our nervous system, then it, there's, there's so much that can happen. You know, a lot of times when, you know, those foods, we have leaky gut leaks into the bloodstream, you know, it's just floating around, it's wreaking havoc. These are a lot of kids who um, have self injurious behaviors or behaviors, you know, in general, to really get these kids, all of them tested for pandas. Um, I know you know what pandas is and, you know, pans and pandas. 
But if they have any type of behavioral issues, Tourette's, ticks, mm-hmm. um, any type of behaviors, a lot of times the underlying condition could be PANDAS, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychotrophic disorder associated with streptococcus. You know what it concerns me, Tracy, about that quote unquote diagnosis, however accurate it may be, is that it often is leading in an allopathic way to antibiotic therapies. Rather than managing these, uh, you know, uh, sensitivities to certain bacteria, in, in the case strep, uh, to other forms of medicines, natural, homeopathic, that can reduce the presence of the overgrowth, much less the hyperreactivity or hypersensitivity to it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they yeah. mean all well, these doctors, but the over-reliance on antibiotics has been also devastating and a huge contributing factor to the underlying, not only ADHD, but the autism spectrum disorders. Yeah. So I spent years cleaning out Noah's gut from antibiotics, from ear infections, from when he was like a child. That was my childhood, antibiotic after antibiotic, yeah. And me as well. So, and and we had to do a good solid year cleanse, me and Noah. So there wasn't anything he did that I didn't do. And then when he was diagnosed again with pandas when he was nine years old, even on the functional medicine side, they put them on, was it three to four months of antibiotics Mm -hmm, to a point as to where insurance wouldn't even pay for it anymore. And then IVIG treatments, which as you know, and I know are so expensive. So a half dose of an IVIG was $1,200 back then, you know, And that was eight years ago. And then that got the ball rolling for my kid to have a messed up gut again and craving those sugars and foods that he just was not fed. And then to, you know, being overweight. And now that he's at that age, 17, almost 18, he's like, mom, he's like, you, you kept me from eating really good foods my whole life. No, I I just fed you real food. (laughs) So then becomes a different challenge. And and I, I give I give it all to the antibiotics. Now, do we need antibiotics for certain things? Absolutely, but they are so overused. I mean, as Noah was a child, antibiotics were given to him almost monthly for ear infections. And the yeah. only thing that got rid of his ear infections, it wasn't even tubes. It was actually eliminating dairy. Right. So dairy builds up mucus, mucus builds up behind the ear. And a lot of times that's what your, your main contributor to right, a growth medium, the terrain is altered and you have an infectious growth and then you kill it with a, a toxic chemo poison, like an antibiotic. And even if they said they mean, well, uh, it is done in such levels of ignorance because they are not aware of all the things, you know, now, of course, and I've known for almost 30 years, I grew up with this and I thankfully was able to benefit my children. So they wouldn't have to go through what I went through with my wife. And we never, ever once had to resort to an antibiotic, even though these kids had infections occasionally because it's a normal part of being alive. We didn't once have to resort to it. So for me, an antibiotic is a last, 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 last. It's, an, it's evidence of failure of all things holistic, if you even know what that is. And I'm not talking about you, Tracy. I'm just saying, in general, we have such a monopoly on fear, if you will, from our allopathic system that an infection automatically leads with rare exception now to an antibiotic or an antiviral drug, even worse to go into that realm. So we must do better. And, and, you know, that's why I'm on the circuit all of the time as well at these major events, trying to communicate. Here's the path out. Here's how I was able to navigate a childhood for my kids that didn't involve one vaccine nor one antibiotic. 
and we have ways to to combat even infections that only in the extremist extreme circumstances where I agree with you, there's a place for it. I've never said get rid of them, but the point is we use them in 99 out of hundred places. They're not needed. If, if, if the doctors or whoever knew what to do and they don't. So are you coming, are you coming to Nashville for that event this year? Do you know? I'm actually marketing. My marketing team is marketing it. So Yay, yeah, right. you know, I, I figured you I have a booth and I'm speaking. Yay. Okay. Um, I can't wait to see you give you a great, but I didn't know about the Utah event. So. Yeah, Blue Hill to Utah, the 21st and 20, 20, 21st, 22nd. I believe that's it's a mo- Friday and a Saturday uh, coming up. And there might be a few booths left if you're interested in, in joining us at that event uh, before the, that's like right before the Nashville event. I know it's a lot, but I'll be at both. And then uh, we've got a bunch of other things coming up this calendar year while we can. My only free weekend in between. I'm like, free weekend? What's that? I don't even know from free weekend. I don't. One, I got to learn from you, I got to do better. Uh, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the best we can as we, but it's nice when we get to reunion to see one another. We, we really, I, I experienced just a, an upliftment, uh, a joy to see people, not that we all haven't suffered cause we have, and maybe many are currently suffering for various reasons, but to come together, not only with hope, but real paths out of the mess, not, there's yeah. nothing theoretical anymore. We're talking about, these are the things that actually work and time and time tested again, like what you've written about in uh, Warrior Mom, the book, how to get out of this mess. You've been down that hard road and you're trying to help others to get out of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And to be around like-minded people. When I go to all the different events and I'm around like-minded people, I'm like, oh, mm. such a breath of fresh air, right? Um, but you know, it's, it's my job to just educate, 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 educate. And if you haven't heard the, the, the most recent is I'm now on the advisory council for, for children's health defense, uh, California chapter, which is rolled under the big umbrella of children's health defense now, but I'm super excited about that. Congratulations. That's awesome. And I know you're going to add a lot to that. Uh, you have, what what we call not only street smarts, but you have you know formal education in certain natural therapies and and healing, and of course again the hard the hard knocks of life have taught you the, okay. more than any school can teach you, especially with your son Noah and what you've had to go through. And, but as you said earlier, um, you know you you came across all this and you had to learn all this and get a PhD in it, you know, to heal yourself. So as I was healing Noah. I was healing myself because here was was me definitely over vaccinated. I was military. Mm-hmm. So uh, you were trained, programmed that you must go get your your vaccines and vaccines are your way to live. Right. So from there, I, I mean, I had chronic migraines. I had joint pain. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia by the time I was like 29 years old. Um I'm deaf in one ear. I already have glaucoma. I am only 47 years old. That is, that's really bad. I was diagnosed four years ago. So, um, all these different things. And, you know, as my doctor spoke to me about my toxic overload and, and how, unfortunately, um, we can pass, um, us mothers can pass on our toxic overload to our children. Um, so, but as I was learning all these different new healing modalities, I was testing them out on myself, um, before I would do anything 
with Noah. And so he and I just kind of went down this journey together. I've been gluten-free since before gluten-free was cool and before it was on shelves. But um, how much better I feel. And then when I find myself um, losing my way in eating what I really would like to eat. (laughs) Eat the organic version of it. I do, but (laughs) sugar is sugar. Everybody, sugar is sugar. Whether it's your organic form of sugar, even gluten-free. If it's gluten-free sugar, it is still sugar. (laughs) It is still. You better have the minerals to handle it. That's what I'm saying too. Moderation, Mm -hmm. everything in moderation. But I find myself when I fall into that pattern, Mm -hmm. I kind of get stuck and I'm like, pull myself back out. Like we went to Japan. There is nothing gluten-free in Japan. Mm-mm. And 90% of people are wearing masks. And then we asked our driver one time because he actually lived in Boston for six months. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, no, six years. Mm-hmm. And we're, Steve's like, you know, you, you know that a lot of the mask stuff is fear-based. Why do, why do you wear one? And he's like, well, in Japan, wearing a mask is like wearing underwear. If people see you without one, one, they don't think you're Japanese. And two, if I get caught by another driver, um, because uh, the industry itself, the driving industry itself is pretty big there Mm -hmm. um, because not a lot of people own cars. He said, then they turn me in and I lose my job for not wearing a mask. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow. And he said, but, you know, I go home, I take it off, you know, whenever I can. I take it off, but he said it's literally like putting your underwear on. Wow. Like, well, that's where some of our friends called it a face diaper appropriately. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I saw some of your pictures from Japan. I've got some other friends that are visiting re- recently as well. How did you do it overall, knowing that you're, you're gluten sensitive? Was there, do you think, less glyphosate in the gluten that you did, did better on it? I don't think there was less anything. Um, I literally, so I walked into this pharmacy in Japan because my stomach was killing me. And just so everyone knows, I'm gluten-free. And for the most part, I am dairy-free. Mm-hmm. And um, I do not do soy as well. And so, and I keep my sugar levels down or I, you know, natural forms like honey or maple syrup or whatever. But anyways, uh, as I'm looking, there's no gluten-free anything, but when you go into a store, everything's in Japanese. Now I had no idea that the Google translate app also reads the language and will translate it. Now I found this out halfway through my trip as one lady's like, you know, Mm -hmm. she's reading different things. And I'm like, are you telling me that that thing actually like, and read the ingredients, the words, because you walk into a pharmacy and it's like, oh my God. And you ask the person, nobody there speaks English. They just don't, they don't make an effort to, there was a couple businesses that they did make an effort to to speak English, but you could tell they actually did more business than the other places. And sometimes you'd be treated differently because you were an American and you only spoke English. So um, the only thing that I really enjoyed food wise there was my Wagyu steak that I had. It was so good, (laughs) but everything else, I was sick as a dog. (laughs) By the way, uh, gluten-free organic pie 
at the RSB Family Union happening July 14th through 16th in Southwest Missouri. It's one of the upcoming events, a wonderful weekend of healing and music and fun. And I uh, hope uh, you all can make it there. And Tracy, you would enjoy it too, because we got gluten-free options there, all organic. So I love uh, it. We got, uh, we got <laughs> it's to organic and it's gluten-free. But yeah. so let's let's talk about, you know, having to watch out for our food supply now. Hold all that thought, that. because we got to take a brief break for our friends on Brideon.tv. Tracy, uh, stick around. Uh, Warrior Mom is the book. We got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. All righty. Okay, we're on a break, but we're not. Uh, for Brideon.tv, they take a break, like two and a half minutes, and we continue talking to everybody else that's watching us more directly uh, and just kind of chat informally. So I'm excited. I'm going to see you. Is Steve coming to the uh, Nashville event too? Yes. Okay, good. Awesome. So we'll both be there. All right. And um, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I'll be at their upcoming events as well. And are there any speaking spots available in Utah? It's possible, yeah. I, I would I would not discount it if you reach out and I can I guess I can share uh after the show I can send you the contact information. Okay. Cause I'd be happy to, you know, even if it was a fifteen minute spot. Yeah, no, I think that, that could probably if you if you come in there, uh it's possible. I'd love to see you at that event. Folks, I want everybody there. By the way, we're gonna be giving away free tickets. Uh super Don, we gotta figure out how to do that this week right there's a way that they're redeemed and everything so we've got some free tickets to give away for our audience that are going to be or want to be at the utah event behealthyutah.com uh, along with other events coming up and there are loads of them my gosh keeping up with it is going to be i don't know i'm dizzy already how's your wife with the treatment help anything uh nothing's that fully fully have taken out the uh, trigeminalgia thank you for asking um, you know, as we've talked about managing the pain and the anxiety associated with pain with uh, natural substances, you know, the uh, CBDs and the kratoms and other things like that. Uh, but we haven't solved it fully. And I know there's a lot of layers to it. And we, you know, our inner inside joke I've shared with people is not so inside anymore. It's like when people approach us with a new thing to try, we say, well, we've tried everything, but we haven't tried that. So because, you know, one of the things in helping people that have been in intractable pain or other conditions They'll often turn you away simply because they say they've tried everything and they mean it. So there's no openness to it. We joke about it that we've tried thousands of things, but there's always something more. And we're always open to God's gift for healing. So thank you for uh, considering. What about that. EE system? I'm sorry? EE system. Not that. Energy enhancement system. I'm Not just going to keep throwing shit yeah, at please you. Do. Please do. And, and send it to me and then we'll follow up because, uh, you know, she's not giving up. God bless my wife for sticking around through a lot of trouble, a lot yeah. of pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, you I'm met her. I'm giving up on getting my hearing back someday. You know? Yay. All right. Here we go. We're back in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, everybody on TV. This is our second hour of our Monday broadcast. We are on two hours a day, uh, like six days a week. In fact, uh, we've started on su our Sunday broadcast. Super Don has really had a great idea of focusing a little bit more spiritual bent to our discussions. And we've had some great ones already in Easter weekend. One was great. I've got one coming up. That's terrific. Uh, uh, leading into the, we, the Patriots USA, uh, event up in Boise, Idaho, June 2nd, 3rd, I believe, uh, which is great because we love the spirit flowing through people, all people who love God and in many ways that people do it. Uh, it's a, it's about sharing uh, the love, that love, that that service, that divinity, and that that excites me. In addition to the healing work we get to do, Tracy. So, and and I thank you and your brightness uh, as well for what you bring to us all. Absolutely. We'll actually be in Boise. As oh, you'll well. be at that event too. 
Yes. All right. So more um, more reunions happening. I love that. I know, right? How cool I is that? It. All right. It's so we like were trans- healing movement. It is definitely. So we were transitioning to another topic when I had to cut you off for that little break. You remember where we were going? <laughs> It'll come back to me. Super Don will figure it out because he, he pays attention to everything. It was the food supply issue. See? Oh, a- yes. Yeah. Okay. He's so, yes. Food deep. supply. And so, um, Bill Gates is buying up all this land mm-hmm. to infuse to uh, infuse the mRNA into our food supply, into our you know fruits and vegetables and everything else. So he's going you know buck wild on that one. He's not the only one. I mean, there are a lot of industries that will profit from not only the selling, if you will, of those substances to inject, but the disease that that manifests afterwards. And then cattle as well. And then, so we have to worry about where our meat comes from. And then we're, we're going to end up having to find our local farmers that, that raise cattle or whatever, you know, pitch in with a neighbor and, and buy a cow or, you know, I really wish I could have chickens, but man, being in an HOA is a bear. (laughs) Yeah. That's not, yeah. You don't want to do that if you can avoid it because they will make rules like, Ridiculous. And when it comes to uh, self-sustenance, if you will, how critical is it to be able to grow our own food, much less if the, you know, the next phase of certain aspects of easy protein, like, you know, having chickens, chicken eggs and things like that. This becomes a life or death issue if we see continual supply chain disruptions or a rebellion against the food system if it is owned and controlled by the likes of Bill Gates with mRNA injections. Right. So if you have a place in your backyard where you can plant a fruit tree or, you know, grow a garden, I would recommend you do it. And then as you go to Costco or you go to the grocery store. So every time I go to Costco, I'm I'm picking up a case of something that I store in this, you know, uh, my spare bedroom closet of food Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're going to first they're going to try and starve us out. If you look, you're, you're finding, I'm even finding as I go to Costco that, you know, they don't sell organic celery or there was no raspberries or strawberries or anything. And it's the season for them. And we're right in the middle of like, you know, strawberry season. How can you not have organic strawberries? Yeah. I've I've got loads of strawberry flowers already popping up in my greenhouse, which I'm excited about. Uh, trying to get them pollinated so we can get strawberries early in the season and then uh, plant outdoors from the, you know, when we go to the cold, from the cold to the warm, which we're about at that transition. I'm so excited about that. So, yeah, we've got lots of things growing in the greenhouses that I can't wait to put outside. And when you plant stuff, remember, one of one of the greatest tricks to not have to worry about pests or pesticides or anything like that is to take, when you, when you get the soil for your plants, mm-hmm. um, Mix diatomaceous earth in with your soil because so dias, it, do you know anything about diatomaceous earth? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do. So it's actually, um, contains a lot of minerals, healthy minerals that our body needs. Um, so it fills the soil with that, but it's also a natural pesticide. So any types of pests, if it starts to feed on it, it immediately starts to dry them out and, you know, kills them. So, um, to just, before you put that soil in is to take and diatomaceous earth is so cheap, mm-hmm. you know, and the only reason um, a lot of people don't know about it is because it's, it is cheap and because big pharma can't make any money. off. Of it. Yeah. Big agribusiness either. 
but the soil is everything. Uh, if you don't have good soil, you, you know, this, I've said this more recently about people that say, but I can't grow anything. I don't have a green thumb. I'm like, no, 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 that's wrong thinking. All you need is the right soil. If you can just water a plant, if you have good soil, nature takes over, it will grow. You know, you got the basics down, but people that don't have a green thumb often don't recognize that the soil that they're trying to grow food in is just garbage and it's not sustaining plant life in that case. So even the worst of us that believe we can't grow anything, if you have the right soil, and we've talked about that. In fact, uh, uh, Brian Jones from Flicka Seed Soil, we've talked to him and, uh, uh, Man, we we've started. It's cranking that we've got some of his soil. He's take his stuff takes over ten years to make. So really care for the soil because that will feed you a thousandfold in return. Otherwise, if you're still rehabbing the soil years down the road, you're starving. You're not here anymore. So uh, that's part of the problem uh, that we see in growing food. And and as you mentioned, other methods or techniques to deal with pests if you have those in those areas. Uh, so I uh, can't I can't state how important this is right now. Oh yeah, it is. And to just stock up, be prepared, make sure you have water filters, that you have access to a water source, all those different things. Um, you know, go buy your gold, your silver. And uh, it, I, I mean, these are all the different things that, cause it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when it's like, it's like owning a motorcycle. It's not a matter of if you're going to fall one day, it's mm -hmm. just a matter of when you're going to fall one day. So, um, and it's very unfortunate that a lot of people are just kind of running around blind. If we have an EMP strike, if they actually take out our power grid, mm -hmm. um, in one year, they will kill off close to 90% of the population doing that. So do you have your satellite phones? Do you have your, um, have you sat down with your family? Do, do I sound like my husband now, Scott? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, he knows, he knows, I know, he's all over it. He does, so, so um, Robert knows that my husband like does disaster preparedness. So I'm telling you any disaster preparedness, whatever is, is literally in my home. And, um, but it's true, have, excess paper towels, toilet paper. We've already been through that, you know, all those different things, but, you know, make sure you have your supplementation, you know, in stock as well for, for a good amount of time. And, yeah. um, you know, well, there's reduce, so much reduce your reliance on any medications because think about the, the supply chain. Most of it's coming from China anyway, but we've become so dependent on drugs for everyday life, everyday interactions that uh, that's a vulnerability as well to, you know, to figure out how to navigate life without or fewer access or, to or hardly any access to medicines, have uh, homeopathic remedies at the, at the fore, learn about herbal medicine, yeah. go, go to Trinity school of natural health and learn about all this stuff before it's too late, before you have, I know that sounds amazing. Yeah, no, I'm excited <laughs> about what people are I had to go through and get my, my bachelor's in alternative health. And then I went to school for health coaching to get mm -hmm. a certification. I'm like, you know, it doesn't seem like a bachelor's does anything for you anymore. No, but. in fact, that all the traditional schooling does is, is teach you things you're going to have to unlearn later. Yeah. Uh, so going to, you know, the schools that are actually teaching body, mind, spirit uh, recoveries and empowering, that's, that's where it's going to be. All of that, the value that we used to place in traditional education is diminishing by the day. And then moving more towards what is practical, pragmatic, and actually has a track record of working. Uh, it's rooted in common sense as well. So I, I'm encouraged that more and more, even again, physicians and nurses are coming on over 
to learn the things we've we've learned uh, through Trinity and other other nice, uh, let's say, alternative mechanisms. Again, like Peter Glidden in the first hour is like, why are we called alternative medicine? It's like uh, I loved his line: "A German Shepherd is a dog. Are all dogs alternative that are not German Shepherds alternative dogs?" It's like it's silly. It's like they're all right. forms of natural medicine that are co-equal. I would argue in a sense that they should exist side by side and you get to make the yes. choice and you'll find out that what we've grown up with believing is the medicine is really relegated to rarely if ever used as I've found in my family since we had kids. I didn't have a choice back in the day. Um, I had to get a PhD in how to heal my kid and I had to do it overnight. Yep. So I didn't have time to go get a degree. I was actually going to school for psychology. Imagine that. And then your kid's diagnosed with autism and mm -hmm. you can only imagine what was going through my head as I'm learning psychology. I'm like, yeah, this, this, this doesn't work for me. So <laughs> I immediately dropped out, but I just picked up books. People have to understand to get your information these days, you have to pick up books. Um, and, and it's not just about my book or whatever. It's literally when the Harbor Regional Center said that they would not pay for my son's ABA therapy. I, I went to the classes and I picked up the books on how to do it myself. So Mm -hmm. Those are things that parents are being forced to do and us as, as individuals to, to keep ourselves healthy as well. Well, we've, uh, we've come to the place where I think I, I, not everybody, but a lot of people are figuring out that it was wrong to give up their bodily autonomy to uh, an elite ruling class of medical doctors. Yeah. And the government that bureaucratizes and manages and, and regulates it because it's captured by a you know for-profit industry that only is wealthy as long as we're sick, as long as they can make us sick and keep us sick and manage that sickness. So we are at a point where you said I had to learn, you know, that we're all at that point if we haven't started yet to rely on, you know, somebody with a medical degree outside of emergency trauma intervention or warfare type medicine patching you up after you get shot. Uh, I'm talking bullets, not vaccines. Now uh, we have we have got to really come to our senses and realize it was always Isn't it the same thing, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I, I would argue that a bullet wound may be easier to recover from, and if you survive the bullet wound, obviously because yeah. of what comes in surreptitiously and in and all that, and, and with the mRNA, my gosh, we're we're dealing with how do we undo genetic instructions, right? And so with the with what we've been through, but you're right. I mean, allopathic medicine, of course, is like the bullet and the gun. And then they come in and they're like, we can fix that, but we are the ones that created the problem. And, and so that's where it is something we must mature and grow out of, grow beyond. And yet it's a struggle because all of our institutions have told us that everything but what they do is, you know, garbage, quackery, et cetera. And that's, you know, almost uh, embedded in our DNA as a nation, much less as the Western world. So to come to the conclusions you had only happened occurred because of the, the the severe injury and damage to your children or to your son and so many warrior moms as you know that's how they woke up and are waking up even continually others to warn them although a little too late for those that we you know have have lost along the way and similar to what we've seen in COVID, it's uh brought us to a perhaps a new level of consciousness and it's still a struggle we're not there yet but how do we go forward i don't believe it's so much as investing as current institutions and correcting them because they're designed to do what they do almost now but how do we and, know and they're funded by big pharma so yeah. most a lot of medical schools are funded by big pharma mm -hmm. 
Very good point. Yeah. And so recognize that the the investment in the way they go is not by accident. It's, it's by design. And if you come in and say, hey, I want to reform it so we're more open to holistic things, they're like, um, not here. <laughs> not now, not ever, because that would destroy all that supports us to, to have the monopoly, if you will, over thought and action in regards to health and healing. So many people are aware and are setting up what they call parallel options. You know, we're going, you guys do what you want, but we're going to go set this up because what you're doing doesn't work. And what we are doing is working and trying to find themselves outside of that regulatory environment so that they can exist even. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's so true. And you you have to, to realize that um, so much of big pharma's money is going to push all this and that, you know, these Western medicine doctors are getting kickbacks and, and very big ones at that. I mean, just to prescribe chemo, what is it like? I mean, it's like six plus grand per round of chemo that the doctors are paid out on, mm -hmm. which is absolutely insane. So when people were asking me and my family, oh, well, you didn't get vaccinated and, and you didn't even get COVID. You guys didn't get COVID. How did you not get COVID? Um, easy. So what I did when everyone was freaking out and going and getting a, you know, an experimental drug. Um me and my family were going and getting IV immune boosts or IV ozone therapy. And we are taking our daily supplements mm -hmm. and our daily supplements are quite large. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of judicious about it, but there are certain things you recognize we're deficient in genuinely and we want to put them in an appropriate way. Uh, yep. I try to be very specific about the things that I do. And um, you know, look, we, we've got to do better. That's clear. I think. Uh, and all of us can, uh, as we find more efficient ways to do it, we communicate it, we share it. That's why I believe you wrote the Warrior Mom book. I did. I did. I felt, I remember what it felt like so many years ago, Robert, when Noah was diagnosed and the emptiness and the sadness and the like despair and not knowing what to do. And there's, there's definitely a fear involved as well, but Every time I have felt that way, God has always sent an angel to lead me in a different direction. So I feel like this whole um, route that I've taken and direction that I've gone um, is is all been a divine intervention. It, you know, this is exactly where where God wants me to be. So when when I signed on to support Children's Health Defense and they're like, oh, you know, can you be a spokesperson for us or, you know, um, be on our uh, advisory council? And I'm like, I'm, I'm honored. I say, wherever God leads me is where I go. Mm -hmm. And um, I do get those, uh, you know, intuitions or those feelings. And I, I also feel that that's, that's God's way of speaking to me as to whether to do it or not do it. And to me, somebody was always put in my life to direct me on a path to healing, not just Noah, mm -hmm. but myself and so many other people. But, you know, I didn't know what to do for so many years. You see, how do you even get a diagnosis? Shoot, when Noah was diagnosed, a part of me was like, Shh, at least I have an answer. Mm -hmm. I spent two and a half years 
being pushed through the system, a pediatrician telling me this is also normal of my kid regressing and not doing well. And then Harbor Regional Center losing our paperwork mm -hmm. and two preschools. I'm sorry, but you know, your kids got special needs. We can't care for them. And I, what does a mom do? Because mm -hmm. we just don't know. Like I, I literally felt like my son's in pain somehow. So a lot of times I get a lot of kickback when people read the subtitle of my book, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism. Now, to me, I thought healing is such a beautiful word. It's in I'm, I'm what's wrong with the word healing? Oh, man. Well, everyone, a lot of people that believe autism is a gift and not something that is evidence of an injury. Uh, and that can be, you know, responded to to enhance or improve the ability of a child to communicate with this world to reduce the suffering that they do experience, yeah. gastrointestinally and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you don't know, Robert, um, Autism Awareness Month is now Autism Acceptance Month. We mm. need to, you know, change everything. And it's not the color blue anymore. It's yeah. red. It's red. <laughs> so I'm like, holy. Wow, really? So this past weekend, I had my first book signing and it, it's such a great turnout. But there was one girl in particular that that um, so a lot of times Steve and I, you know, we really feel like our spirit just what just leads us to approach people or talk to people. Um Mm -hmm. And there was this girl and she was just kind of floating around with her head hung down and Steve walks up to her and he's like, does it seem, you know, interesting to you? And she's like, well, I have autism. And then she puts her head back down and he's like, well, would you like to meet the author? And she's like, well, yeah, I guess so. And when I came over to speak to her, she looks at me for a minute, which was really hard for her. She said, I wish that my parents would have helped me the way you helped your son. And that was hard for her to get out. Yeah. And then she pulls up her sleeves and she shows me all the, all the cuts on her arms. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, if there's any way, I can assist you on this journey. I'm happy to, but you have to reach out. You have to take that step to reach out. Yeah. And so she's like, well, then I should buy the book. And I'm like, so I handed the book to Steven and like, here, go buy her a book. Hmm. He said, bring it back to me. I'll sign it for you and I'll give you my card. And, but it just like it, and you could see like my um, my publicist posts a lot, posted a lot of the pictures. It's the girl who's who's head is kind of hung down um, and not looking a bit. It, it just I just wanted to kind of take her under my wing. And I know a lot of parents just don't know any better. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a parent out there and something is off with your child, there's always something underlying that you can test and and treat. There's always some underlying condition that could benefit, mm -hmm. whether it's their pain level, mental, a lot of depression and mental instability comes from sugar and bad diet. You, you already know that. Um, so 
I mean, my my job is to just kind of go where God leads me and, you know, change the lives of as many families as I possibly can and, you know, be the voice. Tracy, you're doing it. Appreciate you so much. And I can't wait to see you at the upcoming events, maybe even the Be Healthy Utah event, which will be awesome if you can make it there. I'll, I'll get you their information after I'm off the air so you can reach out and see. Otherwise, see you in Nashville. I'm working on being up there in Boise for that event, June 2nd and 3rd, I believe it is. And uh, love to your whole family, to Steve. Give a shout out and appreciate him as well. And, Same to you. Yeah, I would just say, uh, just everybody get the book, Warrior Mom, or share it. Even if you're not impacted by what we've talked about, there's always another family that is that could, tra- you know, can really impact them for the better. Uh, and look forward to hearing your stories out there of help. And uh, Tracy, thank you for being on board today again. Big hug. Well, thanks for having me, Robert. I really appreciate it. Yes, good to see you. All right, that's Tracy. And I, I, I meant to, you know, she's got a special way. In fact, Tracy, bring, I'm going to bring you back in real quick. One more thing. I, I got to do this because I, I have the American way of saying Slepsevic. And, and it's like nothing like I, I like to hear it to be. I haven't practiced it enough. The last name coming from where? Uh, Ser- Serbia. Where was it original, the, the name? Serbia. It is Serbia, yeah. So in the real accent that your husband would have as well, how would we say the last name? Slepcevic. Slepcevic. It's awesome. I love hearing it that way. So thank you for coming back on because I meant to want to say it like that before we're done for the day. So shout out to Steve as well. I will let him know. Thank you so much. Love to your family. All right. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. That's wonderful. Uh, we got a, a little bit more time uh, on the air with our TV uh, viewers and listeners. I uh, will just tell you this. We're going to do in the bonus round. You'll come on over to robertscatbell.com or watch us on social media that we're not banned on. Um, I've been telling the story about Africa for so many years, about my trips to Nigeria and uh, Ghana in the 90s, and how I would share the story of what I would tell the doctors there about rejecting the medicine of the West and going back into the bush to save the medicine of their ancestors. And I met somebody who was there at both of the trips, but particularly the one in Ghana on the on the beach, Wuswa Beach. And he reminded me of all these things that I said. I thought, gosh, my memory wasn't so bad, although there were details that I had forgotten too. And we're going to play that seven-minute interview uh, that happened this weekend uh, in the bonus round. You don't want to miss it. And we'll eventually post it to various social media as well. But it's fascinating even for me to hear it again and remember what I knew even all those years ago. I think I've been doing this for a long time. It's like, well, I knew that back then. Good Lord, I've been at this for a while. So anyway, stick around for that as well or join us in the bonus round after the fact. We got one more story. We're talking with Tracy about the antibiotics, uh, interestingly enough. It's one of my favorite topics because I've you know done so much work in navigating a world beyond it, without it, and after it, and having my own children not being vaccinated nor ever having to resort to an antibiotic. There's an article uh, that is uh, based on a new research, apparently. They're looking at gold. Yes, you, you heard me, gold, G-O-L-D, gold. Gold-based antibiotics could be the key to fighting superbugs, according to this research. Uh, this was just uh, released, I guess, like a few days ago this came out. Several gold-based compounds have shown efficacy against hard-to-treat bacteria, according to new research presented to the European Congress of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Diseases at Copenhagen in Denmark. And that's happening uh, next week. Now, what they did is they tested against MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, and other forms of strep and pseudomonas, in fact, uh, as well. And uh, they have found that the gold has actual benefit, actual benefit the gold has in addressing some of these microbes. Now, the question is, if they're adding it to an antibiotic, could it be the gold that is antimicrobial? And I agree that gold has antimicrobial properties. 
but silver does even more and copper does even more gold has profound properties as it comes to consciousness higher function iq also reproductive capacity gold is very important and addiction dealing with addiction gold is extraordinary and gold has anti-cancer properties but these are not new the, the fact that they're actually targeting MRSA for uh, you, you know utilization gold we already have silver we have 100 success if you know how to use the right form that is the bioactive form systemically and delivered to the point of foci and we can counter any bacterial fungal or viral issue between silver and copper now i'm not dissuading people from utilizing gold if you can find it and i know that my friends at natural immunogenics are working for years uh, with their technology, R&D, on developing a gold hydrosol, which would be amazing to have for a lot of the reasons I mentioned beyond antimicrobial. But the ability to deal with the infectious disease world manifestations, including multidrug-resistant strains, we already have that capacity. So if you're not using the bioactive silver hydrosol, you know, I personally use and recommend the Sovereign Silver and the Argentin 23 from Natural Immunogenics. You can get that from choosetobehealthy.com. And use the code RSB5, and he is going to discount. And here's the sovereign copper as well, and that'll work for uh, fungal and parasitic issues. But uh, more than that, uh, we need copper for numerous Cooper enzyme pathways. So we're about out of time. Y'all check out the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Please sign up for the newsletter. Once a month, we do an AMA via Zoom for our patron supporters. As little as five bucks a month, you can throw our way to support our efforts to bring the power to heal back to you where it belongs. This is a show about ultimately health, freedom, and healing liberty. And if we transit through politics and economics as well, it's always with the, the health freedom message and the principled stance that all healing comes from acknowledging your divinity and recognizing that the power to heal is yours. All right, we're back. It's a bonus round here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Super Don, how you doing, my brother? All right. Good show today. Yeah, man, I thought so. Uh, Peter was great and Tracy was wonderful and we covered a lot of ground. Uh, I think the conversations that we have here philosophically, you know, about the history of medicine, how we got here, are so, so, so very important because they're, they're so rarely happening, uh, even in what we call new media to, to consider, you know, the, not only that the system we have is a disaster, but recognizing how it happened, how it came to be and recognizing, you know, pathways out of the mess. And I like being able to explore those as well. So, yep. very cool. Funny thing about, you know, uh, Glidden. I've known Glidden for a long time. I've worked with him off and on. And yeah, you guys literally finish each other's sentences. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> you, know, you guys he are so on the same page. It's, uh, yeah. it's uncanny. That's fun. I really enjoy it. So, yep. what else is going on, my friend? Any other announcements? Uh, any other, uh, chat room happenings shenanigans going on of any kind chat room shenanigans wow yeah we need more chat room shenanigans you guys come on <laughs> Drop oh, golden. good stuff today let's see uh let's see what are we looking at here big pharma been losing money for 20 years and you know the stakeholders can't have that gym saying i'm just looking at some of the things that popped into the chat room i haven't been paying uh, attention cetro spotlight over on rumble enjoyed uh having uh glidden on mm -hmm. um he was commenting about neil degrasse tyson it was definitely smoking degrasse he says <laughs> yes neil smokes degrasse not the good stuff or else uh, he maybe he'd be thinking more clearly i don't know but uh 
Yes. Shout out to the folks on Rumble joining us. Mm -hmm. I monitor the chat room now. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Jim says Dell gave him uh, Neil plenty of rope. I I yelled at the screen until Dell trapped him with consensus. Yeah. No, I mean, it, look, I, I it was in good good. Let's say fun yelling at the screen. It's like you know, oh, you know but yeah, you're right. And it was it was I didn't want I'll, I'll admit I didn't watch it from beginning to end. I just watched bits and pieces of it. But yeah. um, you know, Dell made a good point. I think. Yeah. Although again, it's like you know when when you're dealing with people like Neil deGrasse Tyson or or you know these other skeptics. Yeah. Um, it's kind you know it's it's an interesting conundrum. Mm -hmm. Because on the one side, you've got the skeptics that are going to say, oh, well, we just aren't going to bother, uh, you know, having the debate because it's not worth it. And it, uh, they're not going to, you're not going to change their mind and there's going to find a way to be able to manipulate that and use that, yeah. you know, to their advantage, yada, 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 yada. But at the same time, it's like, it, it's, it's the same situation. Really, what they're doing is they're describing what happens with them. They're mm -hmm. describing themselves. Yeah. Because you literally are not going to crack through that that uh that hard shell that these skeptics have because they're so ingrained in, in what it is they believe they, and their 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 only purpose their their goal is to prove you wrong and beat you to death with this with the the big brain stick that i've got mm -hmm. you know and point out everything you're saying that's wrong and yada, 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 and prove that you know you're the dummy and i'm the i'm the intellectual yeah uh huge narcissism issue going on with most of these people including david gorski yes yeah. I, I said it I've, I've followed him for years and he's he's a one-trick pony but um it's it it the point that dell made and i think it was important it kind of got glossed over you know uh and ndt as i will call him mm -hmm. did not really acknowledge that this group of doctors that uh, that Dell was talking about that were saying all these things during the pandemic and, and stuff that were being shut out, that weren't being listened to, weren't allowed to come to the table. Mm -hmm. For the most part, they were right. They were proven right. They were vindicated yeah. when it was all said and done. So you think there might be just, you know, just a tiny little bit of humility, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the situation. You know, it's like, look, you know, yeah, we, we shut these guys out. We called them all quacks. You know, they were all misinformation. You know, we didn't give them the time of day. We banned them. We silenced them. We censored them. And then when they ended up being right, there's no, whoops, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it looks like you guys were right. Mm -hmm. It's instead, we were doing the best we could at the time with the information that we had. Right. So we did nothing wrong. You know, no, we didn't make any mistakes. Well, and that's the, the individual scientist doesn't matter because he was right. And it would upset the consensus. That's why he doesn't matter. We can't have them upset the consensus even if the consensus is wrong. I mean, it's a religion, it's a cult, and Neil deGrasse Tyson proved it. You have got all of these these talking heads from these agencies that keep getting on these Sunday news programs talking about, well, you know, we just can't figure out why people don't trust us and why they won't. You know, there's a perfect example. Admit that you messed up. Admit that you made a mistake, but they can't, and they won't. Because especially when you get these, these science, scientist people yeah, and again, you know, look, I'm not anti-science. Okay, when I say scientists, no, people, I don't mean everybody's every scientist. I'm talking about the numbnuts. Yeah, you know that love to be a scientist and love the fringe benefit of being right all the time and never being wrong. 
You know, they've got this built-in escape clause in science where it's like, science makes no mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it self-corrects. And so it's never wrong. And you get these people, you know, like like the Gorskis and the novellas and stuff like that, that out there with the lab coats on, you know, and they love that. It's like a it's like a a, a shield. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like their 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 Superman costume where it's like they're bulletproof, you know. So no, I don't make mistakes. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I had a hypothesis and oh. It was wrong, so I recor- I corrected it and have a new hypothesis. The priestcraft that can abuse the little children. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's it's, what they are. They hide behind that. Very convenient. Very yeah. convenient. So uh, James, Dr. Jack, uh, in his article on um, the Substack, talked about logical fallacies. And I know you love that. Uh, the first one, I wasn't, uh, I'm not as familiar with consensum gentium, usually made with the argent- argumentum ad populum. They're using some Latin here. Yeah. Consensus, uh, you know, fallacy. Basically, that just means that you've got a group of people that consider themselves to be experts, or I think there's even an, an elite word thrown in there somewhere mm-hmm. uh, saying that, you know, you get a group of, of elite guys, kind of like the guys I was just talking about, yeah. that all have the same consensus, um, then that somehow is is going to be you know, the, the reason why you ought to believe what I'm saying, because there's a big group of people over here that all say the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, is that a logical fallacy? Of course it's a logical fallacy because you could have a hundred people and guess what? They could all be wrong. Correct. Yeah. It's pious. It is possible. And you have to acknowledge that fact. Yeah. So I don't know if you, if you saw this. And then I think, I think, I think the other one that he threw in there was an appeal to authority, which is very similar. Sure. Yeah. Uh, to the same similar. thing where it's like, you know, this guy here with 15 different degrees uh, and a crown on his head, you know, yeah. uh, is, is says that this is the way. And because he has those 15 degrees then then he is right. And that validates my argument. Yeah. So here, no, here it doesn't. Like, um, you know, ruining their party, um, <laughs> kicking things around going, nope, that ain't right. And, you know, even going into the, you know, places like the far reaches of the planet, like uh, West Africa, to kind of plant a seed yeah. to save the money. Oh, let me say save money. Yes. Dude, save the money. I got to ask you. So how, I mean, is this guy, I guess you guys have this, the same, this, this event that you were at and what you were there for. That's yeah. something you guys have in common. Yeah, that's yeah, how you ended up meeting event Easter weekend. And, um, he was at it. I did it. He had moved to America. I think he lives in San Antonio, but he happened to come up to Denver for it. And, uh, you know, it was a nice reunion, but I was like, and there was a few, there was a couple other people that I didn't get on recording that were also at these African trips I made and they are African. They are from Africa, right? When we talk about African Americans, they're out from Africa. Okay. And grew up in Nigeria and Ghana and, uh, have some stories to tell. And, and remember very clearly what happened when I was there back, you know, early in, earlier in like 91, I was still very new into natural medicine, but I was already very outspoken about what I was learning. And then in 96, when I was much more grounded in it for a few more years, um, I, yeah, sometimes I forget how much I did learn early on to do the things that I do today, even then. So I don't know how else to set this up, Super D. You've seen it. Uh, how would you yes. describe what, what happens here? I, I, you know what? I, I don't even think I need to set it up. I think we'll just let it speak for itself. So here's you, my friend Harold. Harold, mm-hmm. uh, at this event, recalling something that happened long, long ago. All right. So we have a wonderful Easter weekend reunion. I'm here. My wife and I went to Denver for the Easter weekend. Had a wonderful little holiday and uh, some fun time doing some service. And I ran into Harold, and he came up to me and said, "Remember, we were in Ghana together." He's from Ghana. 
Nigeria, actually. And Nigeria originally, but in Ghana, when we were talking about yeah. the beach, is what I want to talk about, because I went to Nigeria and Ghana, and I would tell the story how I would talk to the doctors there, the healthcare people, and the youth and everything, and I would tell them about things in America, particularly about medicine, yeah. that I said, it's not really good. We need to go back into the bush and save the medicine of your ancestry. And you yeah. you reminded me of that, and I thought, did I remember it wrong, or was, what did I tell you? How did this happen? Well, here you can imagine I uh, was in Africa, I was uh, much younger then, and uh, in Africa you're kind of wild about the development in America, the science and technology and everything, what's about advancements in medicine, and I was kind of praising America, and uh, he asked one important question, are less people sick? And I said, no. So what is good about the system that gets people sick? in order to take them to hospitals to treat them. And I couldn't answer that question, but he stayed with me for a long time. And he now started to talk about the power of the stuff we had here in Africa. He especially mentioned that the Nigerian food was very good. Oh, yes. Which is well. funny because the richer it gets in Nigeria, there's a tendency to... You want to eat the Western? Yeah. Process? Yes. The water. I mean, it's more expensive. It makes it feel like, okay, you look doing well. And I said, this was you don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So I kept that in mind. In 2001, 2003, there was a turning point. There was this Chinese company that came to um, Nigeria to do business. And they were practically repeating you verbatim. Practically, really? Yes. Go to herbs, go to this, go to Yes. Just about anything, the uh, anything to do with the body can treat the herbs. Yes. Now, my dad had been dying. We didn't even know. I put him on some of the suppers, the soul with all herbs. He not only regained his health, his, the officer paid his pension and said, look, we have a problem. You now look younger than the pension photograph. <laughs> You guys look heavier than your pension father. Yeah. So they were going to say, we can't give you your pension. Yeah. You're, you're, you're lucky that some of us are here in all the time. Well, you're not a little that here. I wouldn't believe you if we didn't have yeah. you. Yeah. So, wow. So that was the first time I had to begin to change my thinking. Mm-hmm. So I began to read labels on my food. Yes. Yeah. Read labels. I've started to try to avoid sugar, avoid a lot of stuff. Then I had another practical experience, my younger sister. I was going for a trip to Benar Bobnit. Benil. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister had a severe case of dysentery. We took her to the hospital. It just didn't get any better. The pain would get better, but then so we were in and out of the hospital for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Then I also came to visit. At that day I said I was going to travel to Bennett. So my dad would say, Look, I was telling his brother, um, I know we have enough one. I can't leave because Harold is a little Bennett and Harriet, my younger sister, has a severe case of dysentery. And I was like, dysentery? Yeah. You're talking about dysentery. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Can you take her to the hospital? Harold, go wherever you like. Don't bother. Look, if it's dysentery, you're sure. I'm saying, yes, that's the diagnosis. Yeah. Dysentery. Uh, there's something called scent leaves. It grows from practically every house. Do you remember the name of the leaf? Yes, at Basile. I think it's there. Well, Basile, okay. He insisted, take Basil, yeah. squeeze in a glass, yeah. give her to drink. The bleeding will stop within a half. He repeated it so much, he was so confident. I yeah. that gave his experience that he almost died. 
He found it by demanding intervention. Demand. He was walking around the school bound, praying to God. Yeah. Then he was chewing his in the school bound. And then he found his beginner store. So he went to the spot where he was chewing his and said that it had to bust him. So he didn't squeeze that event. They did. Yes. yes. And, and it got him what? He was killed. He was cured. So you go, the medicine of creation. Go back to the medicine in the bush. That's the real medicine again. We come back to that. Now, what, yeah. what year was it that we were on the beach? 1996. 96. Yeah, we were in the beach. Yes, Africa. Uh, August 96. See, this was what beach. A great memory. And, and I didn't remember some of the details that Harold shared today, which is so awesome to connect with you here. And my wife, as I remember, we arrived. We had no clothes. Three days later, they were wearing all the Ghanaian clothes, and it was beautiful and wonderful experience. But some of the most profound changes I had in my own experience from being with you, being with the people in West Africa, because they realized that every day was a, a glorious day. You're still alive. You didn't know that you would last the day, and you'd absolutely rely on you know divine spirit, Holy Spirit, however you call it. And it was profound in my experience. But to share what I could share to have you here now in America. Oh, yeah. I never really forgot that. You know, I'd be up a few months ago. I had a near-death experience because I've always had this difficulty with uh, chest-related illnesses, whether it be cough, the way pneumonia, it'd be the main thing I suffer from. Yeah. Now, a few months ago, I had a very severe case of cold. Uh, it got worse and worse and worse until my mind was negotiating death. Yeah. I was telling it, are you afraid to die? Well, spiritually, I said, no, but I'd like to keep up my place so that I can still have Make some investment. I guess what I was taking a ton of antibiotics, all kinds of medicines. One day, just what I about giving up. With my eyes open, I was coughing, my inner vision opened. And the vice police showed me a remedy that is so old where I go from. I had totally forgotten, about 20, 30 years. In the, I did it to get Garcinia. Garcinia composer. Yes. Burn it into charcoal, yeah. pound it, uh, grind it into calabar, and mix it honey. And then you took that in, and then you are. No cold, no cold. Nothing, nothing. All the about everything that they don't work. And of course, here I'm sure to talk about lobelia as God's medicine for the lungs, another herb, if you will. But how beautiful is that? So I thank you, Harold, for spending time with me. Well, oh, thank you. It all started with you. What an American. To tell crazy white guy, yeah, all the people of Africa throw the medicine. Yeah, I'm glad I told you I wasn't making this up. Errol is yeah. here for mining. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you, man. Thank you, man. What awesome. So there it was a uh, trip down memory lane, and uh, that that was kind of cool. You know, he never forgot that. Go back to the bush, save the medicine of your ancestors. And uh, how, how many years ago was that? That particular memory was from 1996. 1996. In Ghana, at Buswa Beach was where mm -hmm. we were that had a camp out. And, uh, you know, it was just sharing my stories and my uh, belief systems about health and natural medicine and how important it would be to save the medicine of their ancestors. And, yeah, well, I, knew really it cool. I knew it was an unusual message. But to hear somebody all these years later to talk about how it impacted them and you know, that the message is still resonating. That's great. That's really cool. So Good thank stuff. you. Yeah. And you, you took that cause that room we were in was a small room and it was had a heavy echo and yep. you ran that through some kind of filter to eliminate the echo. I see there were some gating issues, but hopefully yeah, there's a little bit there, but yeah. 
hopefully it was understandable. I, I would like a transcript of it, but some of the words are going to be difficult. I'll have to see if I can, I don't know how if we can get it there, but I'll, I'll post that interview. I know I can post it on uh, Facebook. I don't know if I can post it on uh, Twitter or Instagram, if you can put videos up like that, but I'll try no. to do that. If you follow me on either any of those uh, accounts. Good stuff. Yep. Oh, uh, let's see. Linda asked earlier about the seed, uh, the soil additives that I mentioned. If you go to sweetcornorganicnursery.com, that's Brian Jones, sweetcornorganicnursery.com. I think we had, at one point, we had a discount code. Uh, I don't remember when we had uh, uh, covered the subject with them. Remember yeah. Right um, let me find that. Let me go see back a few days to a week or so when yep. we had... Uh, but that was a great show. Um, and she says, uh, Linda says, thank you. Love your show. While I have your attention, just to let you know, because of your endorsement of Cardio Miracle, I'm on my second container. That's great. And, you know, Cardio Miracle has helped me facilitate recoveries. Extraordinary. And including my own to, to hit levels of fitness uh, and to win these challenges of the week fairly regularly. I mean, I don't, I don't want to win them every week. I don't want people to hate me or anything. <laughs> but it's fun when you can genuinely do it. And I don't, I don't care if I don't win. The point is when you do, you're like, well, that's cool. I did it. That was awesome. And nothing wrong with that. RSP five. Okay. So there's a discount code RSP five. Let me yep. type that in discount. You get 5% off on orders of $10 or more. Okay. Nice. So yeah, get those soil amendments. Uh, I think that Brian is going to be at the, uh, be healthy Utah event. And now maybe Tracy will too. I've connected her. Maybe she can come up for that too. But that's going to be a, a fun event. Uh, 21st and 22nd, I believe it is. It's in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com if you haven't figured that out. Just click upcoming events and up those events will come. And uh, yes, the 21st and 22nd. And then we've got the American Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. Uh, Drs. Terry and Stu Warner. And that's the end of the month, April 28th through 30th, Nashville, Tennessee. Many of our friends will be there. Advanced Medicine Conference, St. Louis, Missouri, Saturday, May 27th through uh, Monday, the 29th of May. The RSB Family Union, July 14th through 16th, uh, Southwest Missouri. And there's a link there to, to join us and have organic, vegan. no, it's not vegan. I want to say it's organic, gluten-free pie. So even Michael Bolden can eat it and have wonderful time. Las Vegas Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. We'll have some more events probably coming up early October, mid-October, including Health Freedom Expo. And if I can make it, I'm, I'm still intending to do so. We're working on it, and I'm, I'm feeling good that it'll happen. Uh, I think June 2nd and 3rd, uh, we have the, uh, what is it, uh, wethepatriotsusa.org, their event in Boise, Idaho. And I would say, Superdon, if you can grab that banner, go ahead and put it up there. Even I'm just happy to promote it for him, but I think I'll be there. I, I'll call Brian Vesta as well. And I just uh, interviewed for my Sunday broadcast uh, where we have more spiritual discussions. Uh, let's see who's going to be on Sunday already. We know this. I know this. Taryn uh, Gregson. I think that's right. Taryn Gregson. And she was a PGA reporter, reporter for the PGA Tour, and was kicked out because she wouldn't wear a mask and get vaccinated. We co we cover a lot of ground, and it's going to be a good good interview. And it might offend some people, but it's not our intent to offend, but it's a, our intent to have a great in-depth, heart-to-heart discussion on a lot of topics. So that's coming up. All right, so you were talking about the June 2023 conference in Boise. Yeah. Go ahead and put that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will do. I don't forget it because I, I'm pleased I'll be there. Let's see. 
Uh, let's see. Jim, I love testimonies such as this. So much ancient knowledge in Mama Africa, Jim says. Uh, and Sherry Neal, that was, hey, Sherry, how you doing? Uh, that was awesome. I just spent three days learning from a man that lived alone in the woods for two years. Such an amazing experience. Can't wait to do more. Yeah, and there's such what do we call tribal knowledge on this planet. But if the bad guys had their way, and who do I define as bad guys? The medical monopolists, those that don't want anybody to know about anything that could preclude your perceived real or imagined need for toxic medicines. They don't want you to know that tribal knowledge on the planet. And they will do anything to snuff it out and destroy it. They don't have the same value in life that you do and that I do. So uh, find those people, those people that have the wisdom of the ancients. And talk with them and glean from their knowledge, learn from them side by side, or if they start a school, do some things with them and don't let it, don't let it get lost. All right. What else? Anything else to do today? I don't think so. All right. Let's look good, at tomorrow. Start of the week. Yeah. So tomorrow, yeah. uh, in hour one, we've got Amber Dippin coming mm -hmm. on the uh, show. She is the vice president of student services over at Trinity School of Natural Health. Nice to talk about the uh, Founders Day um, celebrations oh, coming up. Yeah, I brought that up because I wanted to make sure we, we knew. Now we're going to know for sure. Awesome. Absolutely. And an hour or two, looking forward to this. We have rescheduled uh, rapper extraordinaire High Res. Awesome. We'll be on the show. And I yeah, just I really have become a fan yeah. of, of his. There's one song in particular I probably have listened to a hundred times Wow! since the day that uh, he was originally supposed to be on because I, I'm, I am a fan of good, of a good rap. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I, we grew up, uh, the birth of hip hop and, and yeah. rap was, was part of our childhood mm -hmm. and I was particularly into it. And, um, his stuff is good. Yeah. It's really good. And his videos, his videos are oh, great because right. he's having all these health freedom rock stars that are showing up in these videos. And the one in particular that really gets me, he's been in two videos now, is Robert Malone. Yeah. You would not think Robert Malone, right? You know, the scientist, you know, uh, person that was involved in the invention of mRNA vaccine. You yeah, know, he's, he's a, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a high-ranking scientist guy. And he's in there doing these comical, like, things in these music videos for high-res. It's really funny. So I would recommend maybe you go check that out if you like that kind of music. And I do acknowledge there's still controversy surrounding Robert Malone, as as you can imagine. I mean, yeah. you know, being that far on the inside and, you know, and he's suing people like Peter Bregan for defamation. It's There's some strange stuff that I still agree. I'm like, I don't have my full finger on that pulse. Take, I, what, take what you need and just leave the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So the Folium uh, Relax product, you know, of the three prong approach, I got, I talked to mom this morning. She's, she's on the month with the Folium Relax and she's like, I slept in. I slept so well. I was like, this is good. Sleep nice. is regeneration. If you have trouble sleeping now, in addition to the super antioxidant uh, aspects of, you know, as I talk about a Chernobyl level antioxidant um, product or formulation, the, the folium relax might be your ticket to better sleep, as my mom has found, and maybe you'll find as well. There's also the folium PX super antioxidants. That's, that's what starts the whole track. If you go to foliumpx.com, all the folium products are there. You can use the code RSB10 or call them up and ask them how to connect. And then they have the folium immuno, which, of course, if you need that immune support in addition to the antioxidant defense support. So foliumpx.com, and we're seeing tremendous results. And we've done a number of interviews now uh, from the young lady, Chloe, who was on with her mom a few weeks ago, overcame the HPV shot disaster, the injury from HPV shot after many years. 
And uh, we had last week a doctor, I forget his name now, from an integrative medical uh, physician or DO. He was terrific talking about how he integrates the folium, folium products. So y'all check it out. That's the next level if you need it. Uh, and a lot of people do. Go out and reach out and go to foliumpx.com and learn more and get on it. And let me know how you do. Okay. Uh, I'm about. Dr. Winkler, wasn't it? A Winkler. Yes. Good job. Yes. Good memory on that. Dr. Jurgen Winkler. Yes. And, and tomorrow, I'm sorry, Wednesday, John Witcher, Dr. Witcher, uh, who's an integrative physician running for governor of Mississippi. He'll also be at the Tennessee event later in the month. And uh, then we have, uh, let's see, Dr. Shane and Liz Watt uh, to preview the Be Healthy Utah event. That's going to be happening Thursday, in our second hour after Jonathan E. Mord is on for the Sacred Fire of Liberty. And then uh, did you find out from Michael Bolden if he has time to pre-record with me? I have not yet, no. Is he, is, he, is he in the chat room right now? He was. I don't know if he still is. But, Michael, I've got to travel that day uh, because I'm, I'm going to officiate the memorial service for Ruth Quinto, um, the wife of uh, Stephen Quinto, who passed away like you know, eight months ago now. Uh, I did the memorial service in Sarasota for, for their family, and I'm going to go back. I love them dearly, and I'm going to do that for Ruth as well. Passed away a month or so ago at this point, and uh, that's going to be this weekend. So i got to fly out on Friday the 14th. So... Mm -hmm. If you are available anytime between now and then to do a pre-record, we'd love yeah. to get you on uh, like we were planning on. Uh, yeah, Michael, Friday, if you so. got any flex time uh, tomorrow, more more likely Wednesday or Thursday, if you have time, please let me know and, and uh, we could arrange. I'll work with your schedule uh, to get you on. I don't want to miss you. We have a fun time together too. So that is all I got to say for the moment. Right. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Appreciate you launching the week with us here oh jim says robert malone is suing people like crazy right now yeah mike see that, that to me that's like really really is that necessary <sighs> probably not yeah but the rap song is still funny yeah all right no i i don't dispute that i don't dispute that <laughs> yeah. oh man all right yeah hey well, thanks guys to my buddy doug Doug Fletcher and Brian Jones will be at the event in Utah, as far as I know. And they have uh, the soil amendments that I argue is the best because I'm like growing great stuff already in the greenhouse. I can't wait to take it outside when it gets warm enough. And I want y'all to succeed with your gardens, greenhouses and everything. Uh, so get that soil as we talked about as well. So did I tell you my chives survived the winter? They, they were coming back already. That's pretty impressive. They're, they're growing right out the 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 everything else is is gone. But yeah. what is the man, the power of chives. That's so cool. They're they're there. They're back. Hmm. So anyway. All right. Well, let's get this thing going and see you all tomorrow. God willing, less than 22 hours from now. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks.